So as I'm speaking now, why recording is important is that I might say something now and you're trying to process it. Meanwhile, I've moved forward. So what's going to happen is that, and everything you're hearing is on the subconscious, sorry, on the conscious mind. The only time you can start using it for your life and it becomes autopilot is when that information seeps from conscious to the subconscious. That is when it becomes useful. And people who do advertisement do a lot of that. Adverts, you, you don't like Coke. And you, at your, when you drive into your house, you see this big, big ball. There is Coca-Cola there. And with all shilling, with cold and everything. And every day you don't want Coke, but you keep looking at this, whatever. By the time you do it for 21 days, <laughs> you are hooked. How do you know? You go, and, you go to the shop, you want to buy Fanta. Your heart is to grab Fanta, but you end up buying Coke because you are hypnotized. That's how powerful subconscious is. So when I'm, I'm giving you this recording, I'm recording because I want you, when we're done, you go through it over and over again. Then from each one, you begin to pick up what needs to be done. And then when it becomes part of you, it comes autopilot. So the mistakes you might have been making before that is having given you so much issues will stop. So uh, today is um, the fifth. And um, I'm here with uh, uh, Bako, Joy Bako. All right. And we're discussing about her passion. Okay, all right, so at least I put a timestamp to it now. Yeah, so uh, the last time, let's just do a quick recap. You were praying there, and I felt prompted. I, this was my first time here. First time, I've never first been. Time. <laughs> okay, I've never been here, so I came climb up, and then I felt to come to you, and you were praying about you, the call, the assignment. And what and why you are so agitated about that is because when God gives you a call, puts a burden. Whether you recognize it or not, the burden is here. And you can't sit, seem to do anything else but just the load you are carrying. Because he said God is carrying. The fact is that God has burdens. And he's looking for his children that he can put those burdens on. Not that he's thinking about it now. That burden was there before you came. So nobody came here to earth and start figuring out what it is he needs to do. It's because we don't know what is in the kingdom before we came. It's just like Jesus dying. He said he died before the found, prescribed before the foundation of the earth. Am I communicating here? Yes, sir. So the first basis I wanted us to understand is that this what passion you have is not by the time we nail it down, we'll try to analyze it. But the passions that we have or the desires or the burdens that we carry wanting to do God's assignment came from him. When we seek him, he gives us, he reproduces that burden again. Our responsibility is to, uh, um, what's the word? Is to travel in the place of prayer to bring, to give back to that assignment that you're carrying. And just like midwives, you need midwives. Midwives are the ones that help people give back. Midwife might not be somebody in your church. It might not be your pastor because that's not this area. But his assignment is also a midwife to push you to where you can get help so that you can give back to that assignment that God has created you. That's what we call equipping for the work of ministry. Ministry is you identify where it is. A ministry can be opening a restaurant. <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> What's that? Ministry can be opening a reception or hairdo or maintenance or whatever. You that whole place because you are church on legs. You are church on God, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is resident, are resident inside of you. If you doubt, they go and read the scripture. 
He said, ah, my father, we come and make our home in you. I said, when we get born together, our spirit get knitted together with God's spirit. Our spirit and God's spirit are just one. So most of the time, we want to hear, we want to hear, but God is planting desires in our heart for whatever it is that he has bettered us with. And because we don't have midwives, we are confused. Which is the real one? Is it me? Is it God? Is it... <laughs> Am I communicating here? Yes. Uh -huh. So it's in the place of prayer that God helps you kneel down. The body becomes clearer. So when you get into fasting and prayer, um, it silences the soulish realm. The soulish realm is where your emotions and your your thoughts and the ideas and the action points, the soul, that's the soul. The spirit is there sending information, but there's so much noise on the table of the soul. Yes, so it's in the place of fasting and prayer that we silence all those noise and then we can hear the spirit clearly. Mm -hmm. And then we now know what step to take. Now, when we finish prayer and we get out, always God is giving us an action point. God is not a God of theory. He's a God of practical. Means if God is sending you to, to, to earth to do anything, it's action. It's not theory. You're not going to just write, sit down and talk. It's something that touches something. And you have examples of that from uh, Abraham. Abraham would just have stayed with his grandfather and his grandmother in their home in, uh, in Syria. But God says, leave your father and go to a place I'm going to show you. He had to physically leave. Most of the time we think that our assignment is just in the head. It doesn't have any earthly manifestation. There's a lot of practical. And God uses circumstances around our life to prepare us consciously or unconsciously for the assignment he has. Um, Moses, uh, sorry, Moses, his own was, he was born, they were killing the firstborn, he ended up in uh, Pharaoh's house, right? There he was, he learned the act of leadership because he was taking a son of the, uh, Pharaoh. One of the daughters of Pharaoh gave birth to a son. So he was going to the war front. How do we know that? I read the book of Acts 7, when Stephen was giving account of the stories of their patriarchs and all of that. He talked about Moses. Moses was eloquent and all of that, and how he was trained in act of war and all of that. Okay, Moses did not tell us, but we know from the way he led the children of Israel, you know this person is a leader. Am I communicating? Yes. But when he was in, and, and as I'm talking, I didn't plan to discuss this, but it's just flowing. So just ride with it. You will relate it to whatever it is that is going on. And I've not heard your story yet. Mm. So I want to finish talking, then I can hear your story. Yes, okay. So they sent him to, so they were killing, and then they, the, the canoe or the, the bath took him to where the, the baby, the, the, these people were taking their bath, and then they, they grabbed him. And then there he got his first training. That was first part of the training. The second part of the training was it was not that palatable. It wasn't in a king's house. This one was in the middle of nowhere. A general that has military people. Now they put you in front of sheep. What can make you more, more what can make things more humiliating than that? And then the people you wanted to help are the ones that sold you out. <laughs> okay? So that was another phase of his preparation. That even the people he was going to save were going to reject him. How many complaining did you see in the desert when they were taking these people off to? Did you get the point I'm making? Yes, he had to go through that training. He had to go through that baptism by fire. In Mark chapter 9 verse 49, Jesus says, Everyone will be salted by fire. 
He said, we are the salt of the earth, we are the light of the world. Well, how can we be salt and light if we don't go through crisis? Fire is crisis. So problems around our life are assets, not liabilities. They are for our development, not bringing us down. They are not loans. They are not debts. They are profits. So crisis, let's welcome them as they come. We ask the Holy Spirit, instead of God, take this away. Lord, what am I supposed to learn from this? <laughs> am I communicating? Yes, okay. So then, um, so your assignment would require training. Some of the training are not going to be training that you love. For David, he had to be somewhere taking care of sheep in the backside of nowhere. While nobody knew, before David attacked Goliath, we knew when David came to attack Goliath that he fought a bear and a lion. Why did he do that? Because God was preparing for war that he didn't know was ahead to build the confidence he needed to be able to attack Goliath, which will now make him who he needs to be and also defend Israel when he becomes king. He never lost one single battle. How did he get his training? Sheep. Joseph, same thing. Joseph, my God, his own was bad. His brothers and sisters he was supposed to deliver sold him. <laughs> you see the correlation? His brothers and sisters he was supposed to deliver. He was being sent. was the one who sent him to <laughs> Egypt as slave. Just like Moses, his brothers, sorry, his own relation were the one who sold him and he had to go 40 years. 40 years is a lifetime for training. Then when it was time, it was ready, God showed up and sent him back to deliver the people that sent him back. Joseph, the same thing. The people who sold him were the people he was going to deliver to preserve life. That's why he cried when he identified his brother. He cried. That was his release. He said, how on earth? Look at these people. They sold me. Now I'm the one giving them food. <laughs> he cried. And so that was the preparation. Now he got there. Where did they take him to? Potiphar's house. What was he doing? Learning administration. He can't. He couldn't, in all imagination, learn that in his father's house. So movement, unknown location, unknown assignment. He didn't assign uh, that assignment to him. And God was prospering. Then right there, they threw him in jail. Now in jail, the assignment continued. He was interpreting dream, honing his skill. Then is that through that gift, that dream now, that the guy who, who was supposed to uh, remind him of whatever, now when this crisis, they now remembered him and called him out. That's how he became a prime minister. Training. We can't, we can't dissolve that. It's practical. I know a lot of people open ministry. They've not gone through anything in life. What are you telling people? What are you, what are you talking about? Bible? No. Bible has summary. <laughs> Our lives are episodes that are being written right now. So what episode are you going to talk on the stage? So there's training. And it's baptism by fire. It's by fire. It's usually not comfortable. Who wants to have a house with coats of many colors? The next minute it becomes a slave. Who wants to be a general? The next minute is in the backside of the desert taking care of a few sheep. <laughs> Who wants to be forgotten in the backside of nowhere? David, they were blessed now, they forgot him. Mm. <laughs> you know? And so, 
then Jesus came. Who sold him? The people he came to deliver <laughs> were the ones who sold him out. And say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they are doing. And then he goes in there, dies on the cross. In the dying, he goes to, to hell and collects the key to hell and hates. And then deliver the entire human race. This God would have stayed in heaven and said, My purpose is for all mankind to be born again. Now all mankind be born again. <laughs> but he said, Oh yeah, send this. You go there. Die on the cross. Be born as in a smelly uh, place where animals give birth. <laughs> okay, take care. God bless. <laughs> bye bye. We'll be in touch, go. Cool. Yeah, thank you. So in the backside of nowhere, brought him to go and can you imagine the the one who owns the heavens and the earth being born in a manger where they kill the animal? The ways of God are completely different from our ways. You can't you can't you can't put God in a box. Honestly, his ways are completely anti-world, and the lease of the earth is still with Satan. Until Jesus comes back. Because when Adam and Eve were born, there was a lease that God gave to Adam and Eve. And because they submitted themselves to Satan, he took over the whole earth. So when God came to uh, uh, to deliver the madman of Gadara, and the demons knew something that the madman did not know. Have you come to, come, come to condemn us before our time? There's a lease. There's a hellfire. Satan knows. There's contention for souls of men. He wants more people. He knows he's condemned. So if you want to, if you worship him, he knows that worship is what God is after from every human race. Worship. And he wants to take over that worship. Say, worship me and I'll give you everything Adam and Eve are giving me. <laughs> so it means that if you worship Satan, you have gone out of heaven. <laughs> it's with him straight. So he's building up rebellious children all over. Rebellious children. Who are rebelling God? Said God, we don't want you to have anything to do with us. We just want to have everything to do with our own life. We want to live our, make our decisions and live our lives. So I just wanted to build that up so that you now we now hear your passion and you were praying. And I don't know if there's been any time somebody called you and said, "My sister, this is what the Lord is calling you to do," or you dreamed or saw something. Well, let's start from there. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. <laughs> So I think one of the one of the things I found difficult when, when people talk about purpose was understanding it in yes. general. Yes. Now you know here they will mostly say your gifts is yes. tied to your purpose. <laughs> so I think I, I will, it, it, pain, it hurts me the more knowing that I don't even know what, what I'm gifted at. Yes. So I'd be like, okay, so what am I good at? Yes. What am I what should I be doing, you know? Yes. And all that. So um and then, okay, so okay, you're based in Abuja. Yes, okay, sir. okay, yes, okay. Sir. Mm -hmm. I'm married. Okay, okay, okay. So you, you, I mostly, but if, 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 if giving is a gift, yes. then I think I would say, okay, maybe probably that's what God has because okay. I can, I can just be a reckless giver. Yes. I just, I just find, I just find that I'm compassionate about people yes. and yes. want to give what I have. Or that's share. the ministry of helps. That's also a ministry. That's also a call that God do full time. You get the point I'm saying. So that's a cause. So don't diminish it. So you take a plain sheet of paper and start writing the areas that you do recklessly. Your time. Like, look at the amount of time I've given today. I didn't ask anybody to sign, write me a check. It's when you start asking people to pay you, it means you don't understand what your call is. 
different I've had to do different things that I know that I'm not just being satisfied even though the money is coming and then I've had class of interest with my husband because he on the other hand wants me to do something else and I'm doing it but I'm not finding that fulfillment in it it's always insistence I do okay I grew up loving doing business I just love that I buy something and I sell okay. and I make profit on it so yeah. when I was younger I do sell shoes and bags and okay. at some point I even opened a shop in Jersey and okay. I was selling them and all that okay. you know I was doing it excitedly but I didn't know how the market the business is yes, so yes. I was just doing it because okay let me just be doing something yes. and all that so when I eventually moved to Abuja for service I I met with him I, I met with him after the service and I was in church and all that and we got married okay. you know and then he was like, okay, do you know what? Go and learn social media. Because then I was saying, okay, everybody's on social media and I'm trying to sell something. So probably yeah. I would let me learn it so that yeah. I would know how to sell the stocks better okay. Okay, and okay. then how to be accountable with my stocks and all those things. Yeah. So he's like, you go and learn social media. So I went to learn social media. But eventually he was like, okay, do you know what? Just manage people's pages for them and all that. Yeah. So then on the other hand, I'm like, okay, I've not even improved on this thing with my own work. <laughs> so I don't even know, you know, but he was insistent and I'm like, okay, let me just do it. And then there's money in it. But with the money, I'm still not feeling... Yeah, set, uh, satisfied i'm not giving i feel like i'm not even giving the best mm. because you know little complaints no joy wanted mm. this way and all those kind of things mm. Mm. and then at some point i have this um, father in the lord in abuja there mm. and he just one day he just told me like go and learn fashion now you like fashion go and learn fashion so from that place i was like okay when i was much younger i wanted to actually go and learn tailoring but my mom yeah. said no go and learn french okay. so that's why i left that one okay. you know and i went to learn the fashion and i was i, I think i was enjoying it mm. i was enjoying it in a way because i just felt like it was matching up what i wanted to do yes. I mean, my husband was not really liking the whole idea and all yes, that so yes. we had clash of interest okay, and all those okay. things so i had to leave that one but what does he do what's his own he's into um, graphics and printing he does okay. graphics okay 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 and printing. okay that's still within the the same area yeah the same area of what he does yeah so yeah okay so it was more like okay so okay so i just left the whole fashion thing and then i was like let me just concentrate on the social media but day after day i just keep having this thing in me like i know that this is i know that there's not much more I just know that I'm not satisfied. I'm not fulfilled. I just feel like, hi, I know that I'm not hitting yeah, the, the nail, the nail on the head. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, I just know I'm not getting there. I'm not getting there and all that. Then um, there was a time at church where um, I was we were praying. We normally do prayers on Wednesday before service starts. Okay. And I was like, okay, you know, God, I'm not here asking for anything. I don't even want the material things. I'm just here to ask for what should I be doing? What do you want me to do? What is it that you've called me to be and all that? You know, and in the process of prayer, I got the scripture, Jeremiah 1 verse 5. And immediately it came, it was more like I felt like this chill and I broke down and started crying and all that. But it's still, it was more That's like... before you so, were born, I knew you and I... Yes, okay. I've ordained you to be prophets over the nation. So I was like, okay, even with the scripture now, so what, <laughs> what is it? Like, how is it? Because I'm still... I said, God, maybe I'm just dumb, but I agree to be dumb and vulnerable for you. So well, how is this supposed to be done? What is it supposed to be? And all those kind of things. And then, before then, there was a certain time um, I was... Probably because I, I, I'm passionate about God and, my, mm. and it's obvious in church and you know everybody sees it. There was a time my pastor was uh, we're having a worship session and all that and that was like the first time anybody would look at me and say something and it was exactly what it was. And in fact, most times I go out with my friends and we maybe go for a, 
a show, a worship session or anything. Yeah. You know, people get prophecies and I'm like secluded and I'm wondering, <laughs> is it that nobody sees anything? Is it that God doesn't want anybody to tell me anything? In fact, before then, I met one of the person like, Pastor, you know, I don't understand. I'll be around people and then people will be getting prophecy, but I hardly, nobody even sees anything about me. And then if somebody even says it, in my mind, I'm doubting because I'm like, no, he's not going with what I know and all those kind of things, you know? So he now laughed. Nigeria, you know, some, some people God wants to put them through trainings mm-hmm. before He reveals some things for you. So yeah. don't be eager to hear prophecies. You know, yeah. He just calmed me down. And then, yeah. you know, so before, and after that, that's when I was in church. And then after the worship session, people were coming out and the pastor was praying and laying hands on them. Something was telling me to go out. And I was like, Mm-mm, I beg everybody has gone and everybody has gone out. No, I'll just stay. You know, and as I was trying, struggling with my spirit, I, I just like something just pushed me. Yes. I was about stepping under my pastor was like, oh my God. And he was just about to say, Joy Bako, come out. <laughs> you know, it was more like every the spirit was just connecting. And then, you know, he he said some things over me. He was like, um, I can't even remember them. And then I there was a time I even recorded recorded the whole thing, but I lost it. Okay, so okay. I couldn't remember a lot of things. But he said a lot of things. You know, God wants you to be a healer. He just he had some things. He said, You've been asking God for wisdom. I I, I see you praying. And honestly, he was not lying because in fact the way he was saying you were pacing and all that, I'm like, is this man in my room? Is this thing what I'm doing and all that you know so i was like okay but it still doesn't still adding up for me i wasn't yeah. i wasn't still finding it yeah it exactly hit, yeah yes. it doesn't just still hitting and all that yeah. so I was like okay do you know what i just need to come back home and then retreat because i've been married for a year now and i've yeah. not been around so I was like, okay yeah. let me just come back home and retreat and see yes you know and speak with god and ask him if maybe i'm not asking the right questions then um I normally follow um um Lekki Elder okay. on on Instagram and one time he was talking about purpose. He's like some people they've been giving beauty, they've been like, Okay, so even if, if I have I hear a lot of people, oh, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. <laughs> so what is the beauty? What am I supposed to be doing with you? Because I'm like, Okay, I've heard you. So but what is it adding up to me or what is it adding to the kingdom of God? I'm, I'm I i do not want that you know, it's yes. more like you're just and then when you spoke to me that day. Yes. And I just went and sat down there and I was like, okay, so what? I just wrote at the topic, what am I passionate about? Mm. The first the first and the only thing I wrote in the book is cooking. Mm. And that's like the last thing I would ever say. I know I enjoy cooking. Yes. I enjoy doing it. But that's the last thing I would ever say. I would say maybe yes. I want to use it to do something yes. or anything. And yes. all that. So when I wrote cooking... And I'm like, am I truly passionate about cooking? Do I really love it? You know, I'm still, I don't know, maybe I'm just too confused or I'm just allowing my mind play with me. I'm like, but am I, do I really enjoy cooking? And I closed the book and went back home. And then damn, I, the next day I was cooking, my mom was like, ah, in Kimbudi restaurant, you make money, you know? So I'm like, okay. I've heard compliments about my food, but I never really took any interest in it yes, being yes. anything that would be yes. um, resourceful or anything I should put more energy at and all that. And I remember when I was much younger, I have a friend that went to, um, chef school and I decided to follow her to go and learn how to cook. Yeah. So I just know that I find myself, even when we're much younger, we still food stuff from the house to go and cook in the in the area with my friends and all those kind of things, you know. But I never really yes. saw myself doing that. Then another time, my my husband just opened his own office. I'm just telling you everything. No, 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 They're no, no, not no, arranged. I'm just no, saying no, no, everything. No, no, it's, it's fine. It's connecting. Yes, yes. You know, so he just opened his own started his own business like mm. his own he was working with somebody but he just moved and his own he's by his on yeah. his own right now yeah. so the pastor came and he was praying and he made some prophecy like this business is going to um open up schools he said um real estate and he mentioned restaurant mm. so i'm not like restaurant 
people among us. You know, I know when I was there, my husband was talking about restaurants. I even used to help him write the vision. I'm like, okay, we wrote the name of the restaurants, how the restaurants will look like, the kind of food we'll serve there. You know, in excitement, I was writing it down for him. But in, in our mind, we're like, we're going to bring people to do it, you know, and all those kind of things. But sometimes maybe when he's eating and he's enjoying the food, like, ah, baby, you go and open. I mean, should I just open restaurants for you, you know, and all those kind of things. But it has never yes, come together like for me to, you know. Okay. So, like, since that day until now, I just kept, okay, God, this is what you're saying. Okay. And then, like, there's someone I follow on um, IG also. He does cooking and then he you know, talks about God. And then when you know, said, it doesn't even have to be. Maybe that was that was what even was delaying me. Asking God. I just feel like when, if it has to be purpose, it has to be that it's godly or spiritual. Yeah, 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 so when you know, said, it doesn't have to even be spiritual. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. I normally watch this guy and I enjoy the way he cooks and then he talks about God. Like, okay. he just encourages but sometimes. But remember what I mentioned? I yes. Said, That's why I just said, oh my God. That's why I just said, oh my God. That's why I just said, oh my God. Because it was more like, ah, uh-uh. And truly, I was, I was Telling God, I was listening to our pastor Chin. Was it Pastor Chin or my pastor? I can't remember yesterday. Then I was like, okay, God, you know what? You know that me, I'm, I'm not like I'm doubting you, but I know that you always confirm your word when you say it. So I want you to confirm it. You know that they, they, they other mention cooking. Let's, let it just mention, let it mention the thing that I know that it is it. Then I will now do it, you know. My, I, in fact, I, I packed some of my mom's plates. I'm like, mommy, give me this plate. I'm also going to start cooking in Abuja and all those kind of things. So it's it's just for, you know, I maybe maybe I should start afraid and see how it's going to be. I don't know. No, 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 no. See, um, we... We're, God has not given us the spirit of fear, yeah. but of power yeah. and of love and of sound mind. So, when I mentioned that it could be anything, mm. and I mentioned restoring, we didn't have any discussion. Yeah. When we discussed, you went and wrote cooking, cooking. as a first thing. Now there is this. You'd, part of the mouth of two witnesses is the word that com- uh, accomplished. So, you don't start. Your parents are also saying it. Your, your husband has been struggling with you. Is now also partner and willing to, I mean, go in that area. So I'll encourage you to pursue that route. Now, that is the first phase. There is the dimension of the prophetic that you mentioned. The dimension of laying hands on people and healing and all of yes, that. Yes, and then and, hmm, I did something foolish one time. Not, not foolish. <laughs> maybe, maybe God just wanted to see my obedience. So I lost someone. I lost some and, and okay okay let me okay I I I I was in the world okay, <laughs> as okay. all of us are yes, you know, yes. and I I I said I I gave I said my repentance like three years ago 2020 okay. when I was in Abuja okay. if I I told my friends say the the whole idea of me going to Abuja God just was just <laughs> God was just looking at me say I'll I'll catch you when you go there you know and all that so the whole perspective ah we're gonna make money in Abuja in Abuja is happening so all the time I feel like say you're just insisting that you want to go to Abuja what do you want to go and do there you know and all that if I walked my way to Abuja I had a friend that helped me walk it to Abuja so you you're just insisting Abuja what do you want to go and do there my mama say we're just gonna make money let's just go and make money you know and all that but when I went to Abuja. When I went to Abuja, I God truly arrested me because the hunger for the things I thought I was going to be doing, yes. how it died, <laughs> how I wasn't even interested in them again. I I cannot even say the, the way the things died and just left yes, me, yes. you know. And then I one day I was just sitting in my in my room alone and I was like, okay. But I'm tired of the one. I grew up in a church. Yeah. I was in choir, but you know, you are do, you're, you're doing you're it here, because parents, parents yes, are so no encounters. No encounters, no nothing. So I just said, like, okay, God, you know what? I'm tired of the one leg in and one leg out. I want to serve you. I want to just give you my all because at this point I'm so depressed that I don't know. I, I may almost kill myself. I don't just do this to that surrender. Okay, do you know what? I'm just surrendering to you. Mm-hmm. You know, after I just did that simple prayer. I was like, okay, so after this prayer, now what am I, what am I supposed to do? 
you know, and I just had listened to a message. So there's this pastor, I, I normally enjoy ministers that worship and they, they, they yes. preach. So I, I've always been drawn to um, Chris Delvan. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, his name was not coming to my head again. And the only thing I was hearing was um, Selman, Selman. And prior to that day, I have never heard his message. I have, I don't even know who he is. I don't know anything. But so I spelt it because I mean, I just spelt it based on the way okay. it was coming to my head. So I just spelt Selman. Then Dan came. I'm like, okay, no, this is not this is not the pastor I know in Kaduna. Mm. But let me just listen to him. Mm. And that was it for me. It was okay. he just total. I was consumed. I was mixed emotion, crying, jumping. Everything was just happening at the same time. Like, I could not even leave my house for about three days. I was just sitting down and writing. You know, <laughs> I, could, I was just expressing. So after that. I Okay, I need a place to go and worship. I was worshiping in a family worship center, but it was too far from where I was staying okay, at that point. Okay, so like, okay. I called a friend. I'm like, okay, I'm Uncle Barnabas. Where can I go and worship? So go to Graceville Christian Center. I was like, eh, okay, I was going to go. Then I was in a relationship, and then it was we we're almost getting married, but there was always fights. It was physical. <laughs> we we're slapping each other already. You know. <laughs> Everything was just happening in the relationship. Our friends already knew. In fact, they were supposed to come for my introduction like the next year. Mm. The next year in April or so. That was just the arrangement. But anytime we spoke about marriage, I didn't have peace in my mind. Yeah. So I was like, so at that point, I just knew that, okay, see now, I'm safe following Jesus. Let me have to let go of everything, you know? <laughs> so we, everybody went his way. My friend, my parents hated me. <laughs> Somebody that is well doing, you're saying no to him. Are you okay? Did they do him? I'm sure my mother took me to all the prayer house. She go and meet all her men of God and say, please pray for this girl. Something is happening. Somebody that is has money and everything. I was literally driving a car in Abuja. So you're like, ah, and you're just saying you don't want to do and all that. And then to my mom, I say, mommy, for a young girl like me to see somebody that I know, that, okay, probably there's money and everything. I say I don't want to do. Do you think is is what I would a, any young girl would want to do? You know, it took her some time for her to adjust to the whole thing. And in fact, some things you like, how do you I like that boy? So he's still taking her time to even adjust to the fact that okay, the guy is gone and all that. And so. So that was how I started my faith walk with God, like mm. believing in Him and all that. Yeah. And then prior after that time, I felt sick and I could not use the toilet for like a month. And mm. how I just had faith and believed God, God was going to heal me mm. is what I cannot even explain till now. Mm. You know, I would just go to church. I'm happy. Everybody, ah, happy joy and all that. Sometimes I don't even have food to eat. But mm. this, my friend was saying, ah, this guy is in Abuja. Would you go and hang out? And I'm like, I'm not going. And she called the question. I come, but you are you serious? I said, yeah, I'm not going. She like, eh? <laughs> so even her you're like okay this girl I, I I believe her now you know and all those kind of things you know so it was more like I I was totally sold out I was sold out to what God whatever God wanted to use me to do at that point the sickness was not stopping me from serving him but I had no doubt in me that God wasn't going to heal me and I got my healing miraculously. I, that was the, I, the day I got my healing, I met my husband. I The prayer, I wasn't praying about rent and the work and everything. I just met him. I'm like, okay, you see, you know, take home. Oh, yeah, I'll pay your house rent. I'll do this and all those kind of That was how I met him. And the, you know, we started the whole thing. So it was, and they, I, I knew that, okay, healing was, was in my hands. I don't know. But I didn't know how to... Express it, it, like yes. express it, yes. and all those kind so of things. So that's where midwives come in. Come in. So we are equipping. I, I, in my choir, we had a very jovial guy, very wonderful human being. Oh, but he now died, mm-hmm. and he died at rehearsals. I was even at rehearsals that day. He died at rehearsals. So they already took him to the mortuary, and ah, no, I was too troubled. Like, no, God, this guy cannot die. <laughs> this guy cannot. What happened, you know? And I was reading through the story of Lazarus when he was telling his friends, no, he's not sleeping. My friend is resting. He's, yes. No, he's just sleeping. He's not dead, you know? I was like, oh, no, he's just sleeping. He's, he's not dead, you know? And I went, 
I met my church pastor, like, Pastor Fumi, I want, to, I want to do something crazy. She said, when I called her, she knew what I was going to say. So as I was in the church office waiting for them to give me the papers, if I, maybe I'll go to the mortuary and do the prayer. And I met my pastor. And I said, ah, Joy, what are you? I said, Daddy, I came to do something crazy. So I come out, let's just about it. So I followed him to the office. He said, so what do you want to do? You want to go and beat your husband? I said, no, sir. And I said, so what do you want to say, Daddy? I didn't want to say a cry. I said, I want to go and wake that boy up. He looked at me. Okay, I, I said, he said, I join my faith with you. He said, you know what Jesus told the disciples? He said, if you believe, he said, these are the signs that will follow you, you, you raise the dead. Yeah. So I, I join my faith with you. And yeah. how I went there, I had the, the, the person that was with me, I said, let's go and buy food. When he wakes up, he'll be hungry. You know, I was just doing everything I felt was scriptural. Yes, like, let's yes. go and buy food. We yes. bought food, we bought water. Yes. We went there, I prayed. Yeah. You know, and I've sat down there like, we're not going to this guy wakes yes. <laughs> We're not going there, you know. But at some point, I'm like, okay, probably he's truly resting. I had to console myself and comfort myself. I'm like, okay, do you know what? Let's just go. Like, we've done the best we could do. I know that, you know, that was one of the craziest things I've done in this life. Very crazy. And sometimes I just ask myself, what happened to me? What, what was I thinking? Like, okay. how did so, I think that? Now, if I, I was going to say, if the boy race, how was I going to do? What was I, you know, and all those kind of things, you know. Okay. So, <laughs> the, the food is an instrument for funding the real spiritual call that you have is the healing and all the others so along the line there will be opportunity for you to um, as you do your food business and all of that you create an environment where people can encounter god you get the point i'm making how you create an environment within your restaurant where people can talk to people if they see somebody who is sick pray for them People will come who have one issue or the other. Now, the way you develop the healing anointing is practice. So, what tends to happen is, when you are praying for somebody who is sick, most of the time, like when you went to, I can literally tell you why that guy did not wake up. Mm. When you were praying, you closed your eyes, you saw him lying down. Mm. You didn't see him wake up. Mm. So what you do is you take him up in the spiritual eye, in the realm of imagination. The realm of imagination, the realm of the spirit. Those who come to God must worship him in spirit Spirit. and in truth. So when you present the final outcome, it says faith is the uh, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance is, your imagination is a substance. You present that substance. I command you, wake up in the name of Jesus. You rise up. When silver and gold have I not, but that which I have, I, I, in the name of Jesus, rise up. So he took the crippled man up to what he was seeing. He pulled him up, legs extended out. So the first, the first issue is, okay, let me give you an example. I have um, December last year. I got a, a December last year, 6th of December. I got a message from Lagos. Most normally we do intercession. We do heal, uh, deliverance, healing across borders. So we have somebody in New York calling at 3 a.m. We go on the line with my wife and we're praying and declaring and whatever. Sometimes we call Benny. Somebody gave birth. Something is wrong. There's no know what to do. Some I call. Oh, for the past three months, I keep going to the hospital every three, three months. Every three, three months, please pray with me. Some other place I went, there's a where I usually fix my car. There was uh, this woman that I usually get the parts. And I got there, she said, oh, my daughter, that every three months we have to go and give her blood. That every three months the blood dries up. Every three months the blood dries up. The prophecy I've been saying, I have the gift of healing. 
So the only way I could express is to go out and start. And I start seeing results. Initially, there was no, because I didn't have the faith. Because I didn't have a track record. That's why you see people, where they go into a, a, whatever, and you find out so many people are getting you because they now have faith to believe. And it happened according to your faith, be it unto you. So the more you do, the more your faith builds up. But you have to have baby steps. You don't get up as a baby and then start running. <laughs> okay? So that when they give you a blueprint of the assignment, that is a license for you to begin to call it forth from the spiritual realm into the physical. And from the spiritual into the physical is you go out and begin to exercise. Carry people from the physical state into the spiritual. Carry them from the physical into the spiritual. And you command by the authority in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. So I prayed for this uh, lady. Let me just look at, uh, let me just give you an example because I, I like practical. That's what I was talking about. That the Bible, the Bible is summary. They are summaries. They said if they write everything Jesus did, the books will not be available for three years. If they said they will sit down and write everything. And that's why I also said that the Holy Spirit will come and will lead you into all truth. So if Jesus didn't give them all the truth, so what other truth would the Holy Spirit? Because there are dimensions. There are dimensions. There are dimensions that I do see inside the there are dimensions, the realm of the spirit that are yet to even seen by see by men. <laughs> <laughs> there are dimensions. So let me just um uh what's that name now? Billy. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, 6th of December. Yes, 6th of December. Why 6th? Now you see. What is this? Say, can you give me a, I need to share a testimony with you. Your number says switched off. Can you give me a number to call you? Okay. On the 6th, I just came back from Philippines. So I've locked myself up for seven days. So this is the sixth day. Mm. And I was asking the Lord, I want instantaneous. Why are miracles not happening? I want instantaneous miracles. I don't want to talk. Talking is cheap. Ah, sir. <laughs> I think I've had this problem with my church because I, mean, I used to tell them, I said, see, I don't like this evangelism that you don't go and be doing talking. I want evangelism. You know, I always say with power, I always say, okay, well, how do I even do it? I just go and, you know, when you're telling somebody that God is telling me to tell you this, so that the person believes you and understands you, you know? So I'm like, that's why I don't like going for evangelism see, see, because see, you just go by flesh. So, and then so you, go, you kit yourself. Church. Every day you are, if you say it on Thursdays, there's evangelism. Dear Holy Spirit, on Wednesday or Tuesday, Take a day out and fast. Dear Holy Spirit, I want to exercise this call you've given me. Mm. You said, believers shall lay hands. They didn't say anointed. They didn't say mm. Salman. They didn't say this person. Mm. Believers shall lay hands. Everybody has the capacity. It's just equipping midwives. It's lacking in the body of Christ. Mm. The few who are doing it, they are not teaching it. Or they just manifest it. They don't know how to teach. How to manifest the gift. Every child of God can lay hands on the sick. And, and, and so when they start telling you you have a responsibility, it means you are you apart from doing it, you are going to be equipping people. They are healers in the body of Christ. They are prophets to cities. They are prophets to Joss. They are prophets to Nigeria. They are prophets to Africa. They are prophets to uh, the whole world. They are dimensions in the gifts. So when they start telling you it's an office healing. Healing is a gift in an office. Means it goes beyond everybody being able to do it. 
It means you have it and you it's an office. It's like an office. People come and say, this is a healer. You're now your responsibility is to train others to do the same thing. The way you are doing it. So I had an encounter. And that's the first time I, I woke up with, with, a, with an excited spirit. And I was so happy. So I already told her, I said, okay, I'm going to come and retreat in just and I was going to fast while I retreat. So yes. I told my mom, like, okay, please, nobody should disturb me. I may not come out from my room <laughs> as early as you want me to and all those kind of things. I'll come Where out. was this? This is this one? Or? Yes, when I came, when I okay, just okay, came. Okay, okay, like, okay. I came last on 28th. Okay, So okay. Um, I was supposed to start from that 29th down okay. to the, um, to the mm. 1st of um, Okay, Germany. and we met here on the 1st. On the 31st. On the 31st, yes, okay, okay. Yes. So... When, we, when I got to Jaws, I got to Jaws at I think around 6.30, I got home, we sat down with my mom in the room, we just there, and I'm like, okay, I wanted to go and sleep, you know. So I, as I went, I retired to sleep, I just prayed and worshipped and all that, and I slept, and I had an encounter, and I saw I was anointed. Okay. I was anointed. Okay. And that was my first time, so it was more like, it was my pastor, my pastor in... In Abuja, yes. Pastor Tunde Ayeni is my pastor. Okay, okay, okay. So you know, he just he poured he poured oil on my head and it was running down. My my brothers are in the house. So like, ah, see oil they come up for your face. You know, I'm just they dream. This is what yes. So when I woke up, I was like, oh my! It was it was more like I woke up and I was still in it. I was okay. still soaked in, and I you know I was trying to compose myself and calm down <laughs> and you know and all that. But I didn't know what it meant. So yes. I I shared it with my mom, but she just said amen. Like she was just happy <laughs> for me. So they poured or the pastor poured oil on you yes, in the sir. dream. Ayeni. Yes. Now, yes. when you see your pastor, that's God. Yes, sir. Okay, so just say God anointed you. Do you have an anointing before that hand, placing of hand? You had. Okay. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. Mm. The more I cultivate the presence of the Holy Spirit, the more His power becomes manifest. Mm. That's why you see some people, they do a lot more with the Holy Spirit than others. So the Holy Spirit we all have. That's why Paul told Peter, to stir up the gift that was given him at when they laid hands. So when we get born again, we are laid, we are called into the kingdom. Our spirit gets joined with the spirit of God, we are given a gift. It lays dormant until stirred. Then that begins to manifest. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have the anointing. It's a rational confirmation that there's a call. The prophecy that goes out, there's a call. So your prayer, the prayer you pray, by the authority in the name of Jesus, by the, I'm going to pray with you, activating that gift. Activating and stirring it. So every morning you get up, I activate the anointing for healing. I activate the anointing for prophecy, for seeing visions and dreams. I declare my spiritual eyes are activated to receive from the realm of the spirit. I declare, do you get the point I'm making? Every day you get up, you are deliberate. You are stirring it up. For, 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 um, what's his name? For something. They said when the enemy comes, he shakes himself. When he shakes himself, oh my God, they better run. Yes, <laughs> because you stay it up. For me, mine is business problems. Before, before all this call that I left London and came to, I didn't tell you my story, right? Yes, okay, I'll tell you the story later. Yes, okay. So, what I, there's, it doesn't matter what kind of problem you bring it. I don't care what area. Once I shake myself and I get angry about it, ideas start coming. How did I know? I had this gift of wisdom that was given to me before I arrived here. <laughs> so it came with my, my being born again. You get the point I'm making? So everybody came with it. God is not thinking about what to give you now. 
it's just waiting for you to activate it. Mm. I recognize it's there. Cultivate it. Prune it. Train it. Get the diamond, dirty diamond. Make it shine. Mm. And to polish it requires work. I just tell you now, when you're healing, when you're calling and declaring, you close your eyes, don't see the state the person is. Mm. See the state you want the person yes, to be. Sir. And with your anger and your passion, you pull out. Mm. That cry you had is the love. Love is what draws the anointing mm. out of you and flows into them and gives them healing. So you have to be passionate. He said Jesus was moved with compassion. And he healed all that were sick of the or the whatever. He says it is possible if you have faith, you can tell the mountain to move. Mountains of limitations. And it will move. He says, let there be light. God saw the light before he called the light. The spirit is hovering. The spirit I is... think I totally agree with you when you say you have to see. So I've been praying that God, I need a car, I need a car, I need a car. And one, one day, one of these I was in Joss, I, so I literally had to see myself driving the car. Okay. So I didn't understand, like, hey, you know, so now what you're saying, you just confirming to me, like, oh, I've seen myself driving the car already. Because faith is a substance of things you are hoping for, mm. the evidence of things you have not seen. Mm. By this, Abraham left uh, Syria and went to the promised land. Mm. They saw it afar up. They didn't see it, but they saw it. It's God called him. He said, if you can count the stars, look, look at the stars. You come, what of my children? What of, he said, can you count the stars? You brought him out. Look at the stars. Realm of imagination. Count the sand. Can you count the sand? That's how you're designed. Realm of imagination. So prayer, you sat down prayer. What is your intent? That's why you have to sit down and write prayer point before you come. Lord, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to do. And you call it into manifestation. This is what happens. Okay? So, um, let me see so that I keep in. Because everything I'm 45 minutes, everything I'm talking is recording. So, because you need to review some of these things. So, this lady calls 6th of December. I just booted up the phone and I saw it. So, I called her back. Last year, on the 6th of December, you called me. I told you that every three, three months I was ending up, and it had to do with blood transfusion and all kinds of things, bone marrow. Uh And I told her, it's a circle. We need to abort it. So I prayed with her over the phone, and I aborted it, and that was it. On the she waited to see whether, so six months, three months later, she didn't go to the hospital. Another three months, she didn't. So she waited for one full year to be sure this healing is complete. That's why she sent on the 6th of November. Yeah, it's another story. So I was telling you about the mechanic, the woman that said that my daughter every three months, the devil plants things in circle. He knows God works in circle, so he also plants wreckage in circles. And so I said, okay, can we go and see her in the hospital? So I sat down with her and I went through scripture and I went through Mark 16 from verse 15 downwards where it says believers, not, on, not pastors, not priests, believers shall lay hands on the sick, they will recover, they will, they will, they will cast out demons, they will do all of that. Do you believe that? So we prayed and I left. About six months later, they called me that they have testimony in church, Equa. So when they that since that prayer and everything that they've not gone to hospital again, they will get to the hospital, they bought, it was witchcraft. It was witchcraft. They, they, caused the, they did something because the father died and the brother wanted to marry the sister, the wife, the, the mother. The, this lady with the shop wanted to marry. said, sorry, he's not marrying. And then started dealing with the children. So that was aborted. And now the young girl is no longer in hospital. She's not going there. So there are cases like that. So when you have call, 
You can be kicking, cooking, do whatever. You won't have your peace until you do that one. So you have that business is to generate revenue. You need revenue. Okay? It's a passion area. There is a passion. They need to distinguish between passion in the physical things and passion in the office. The office. The office. So when you recognize your office, you start buying books on healing. Anyone you know that has done that, that's equipping. And so I think the reason why it's even the, the cooking is resonating with me is because mm-hmm. my favorite channels on TV is actually cooking. No, shows. no, no. I understand that. For me, for so when I tell you my story, you understand what yes, I'm talking sir. about. The cooking, yes. In cooking, that's what I say. Creative environment there. Mm-hmm. You can start the work from there. But that's not where it's ending. Yeah. I'm just telling you, don't say this is the end. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's beyond that. Do you understand? Yes. Uh-huh. And it's not every day you'll be cooking, cooking. Some days go to the hospital and go and pray for people. If they permit you, go. Private hospital can allow. I don't know uh, the public ones. You say, are you sick? Because when it's your call, you have a burden for the sick. When you don't care, when you see people die and everything, you know it's not your call. We met. Eh? There was a time we were going out with my husband to the office in the morning, and then we saw this woman. She was crying and begging on the road, you know. Yes. So he, he stopped, and then she came. I was like, um, please, that when she needs help, her son has cancer, and they're supposed to do um, them, their mm-hmm. stuff and all that. She doesn't have money, that money, and she needs to pay the money, that money for him to be able to do it. And she was talking, talking, talking. I knew that Abuja was calm and all that. So my husband said, okay, just collect her number and take the office, um, hospital um, um, receipt and all that. Yes. So, you know, she gi- she was willing to give us and mm-hmm. I took her number. So we went to the office. Um, he said I should call the hospital just so that we are sure that, okay, it's truly yes, yes. a case that, they, we, that needs to be attended to. So we called and they, they, they said that, yes, they have um, a kidney, sorry, not cancer. Yes, yes. They have a patient there with such um, ailments and all that. So he now he was he willingly sent the money to us. Well, but I was I just felt it doesn't know about the money for me. I just felt mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, please, I want to call this woman and pray for the child. You know, I said, ah, you. I said, no, let me call, let me call her. So you know, after we called, she called and said thank you and all that. You know, I said, I now called about Lema. Please, can I talk pray for him? You know, and as I was praying, I felt I was crying. Yes. And those are the things I do, and I just feel like me. I, I don't know, you're too emotional. Every small thing, you're crying. Every no, small thing, you're that crying. That is the compassion. Yeah. So like, I mean, every small, you know. But you know, I, I felt it for him, and I was like, I, I, I know, I, I told him. I told my husband, I said, do you know what? I, I would love to meet with the boy physically yes. and pray for him. Yes. Or, you know, maybe one of the days I will visit him at the hospital yes. when he's doing the therapy mm-hmm. and all that and sit with him and we pray. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I call him and I encourage him and I don't worry. Healing is your portion. You can yeah. see a child of God. You know, I encourage him. Also. Yes. But my husband has refused for the yes. meeting him and he like, you know, some some some, some sicknesses are transferable. All this kind of thing. <laughs> you know, and I don't want to be stubborn and say, I would, because for me, I would have said I would go behind him and go to the hospital. Like, no. Since he said no, I would yes. just hold it on yes. and all those kinds so of things. So there will be opportunities for you to begin to demonstrate. You have to demonstrate. Train. There's a need for training. So schedule like once a week okay, where so. you go out to pray for people. And so before I came, mm. when I was still struggling with what to do, I like, um, this, uh, maybe I should start evangelism to preach to people and all that. Or should, and then, then what just came to my spirit was, oh, would I go be going to the hospital? Before you said all this, <laughs> I'm just saying, everything you're saying is more like what I've already, was already, okay, sometimes okay. I'll just feel like it's my thoughts. Like, yes. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit that's talking, or maybe it's me that's just imagining. Because, no, no, most of the time, the, your plate where you get information is in the mind. So the projection goes on the mind. That's why he created it. That's where you get interpretation of whatever you are receiving. The Holy Spirit will put information that you need to interpret. 
when there's project, when you are talking with angels, it's a telepathic. You don't hear them open their mouth. They are talking and you are picking it up. Okay. So you're able to talk to thought, thought to thought. They are projecting back. That's why demonic entities also project thoughts to people. Mm. They learn from somewhere. Okay. <laughs> okay. And so that was, uh, and then there was a lady in New York. We were on the line for three hours. She uh, got involved with some Eastern religion thing and they opened her third eye. So she's able to see angels and demons and blah 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 and all of that it's flipping all over the place so we have to walk through deliverance for her oh. do you get the point i'm making so it's it's not in the, the realm of the spirit it has nothing to do with distance that's why demons can be here the next day boom, they are in london boom they are in south africa boom because that's why how we were traveling in the garden of eden that's what we lost mm. our spirit was more alive we can move we didn't need aeroplane it's when we say we needed uh, knowledge. God say, okay, go and build a airplane that I can fly. Mm. <laughs> okay, you want you want you want knowledge. Eh? Okay, food that you could do, you didn't need to cook it to appear. Now go and cultivate the ground. Mm. If not, we didn't need to cook. The, the, what we lost was major. So when Jesus came, a bit of that was happening. Like Philip went and met the Tambiel Union. And he said the Holy Spirit took him and he was in another city. Mm. I, in, uh, in Texas, I went, I was talking to some of the missionaries. They said one of their friends who had a meeting in another city went into uh, the airport. Planes were shut down because weather was bad. So he went to the toilet. Coming out of the toilet was in destination country. Real life. Yes. So anything you see demons, blackness, it's been there. Mm. But God does does not allow it to happen on will now. It's now going to be based on his demand for it. Mm. Philip did not say he wanted to go to Azos. The spirit needed somebody in Azos, so they took him. Boom! He was in Azos. In, when we were in garden, we could go anywhere without aeroplane. We could do a lot of things without what we... We could talk to plants. We could talk to animals. That's how he was able to give names. We, we're not supposed to die. We're not supposed to die. So when we fell, the spirit took the backstage and the flesh came forward. So we now recognize we're naked. Mm. Before then, we were spirit. We didn't bother whether we were male or female, just like angel. <laughs> mm. But when we fell, that was the, 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 what should not be priority became priority. We became hungry. We began to die. That's why I said, the day you do this, you die. Because we are spirit beings. So the spirit now does not have the power it should have. The flesh, that's why it's flesh and spirit are always at war. Oh, yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> because fl flesh is condemned already. This earth is already set up for destruction. So when the new heavens and the new earth, they, the garden that they said they shouldn't eat, those things they told them not to eat, it was boundaries. They were just putting boundaries. It wasn't the fact that they ate the food that they lost uh, whatever it is, they became naked. It was disobedience, the seed of rebellion that yeah. made them naked. It wasn't the fruit. Yes, it's the, the seed of disobedience. It's planted in every human. The seed of rebellion was planted into us from that day. God says this, you want to do your own. God says, okay, go and do mechanical engineering. Say, no, it's cooking, I must do. Or, you know, all those mix or hair or whatever. <laughs> Okay, so as my story, very briefly, I studied overseas and I came back to Nigeria for seven years. After seven years, I felt, no, I can't operate in this environment. I read telecoms and IT. So 
I can't function in this environment. So I made an arrangement, I went back. So I was in the UK, uh, we were there for about two years. And then um, the Lord uh, said that I should start a business. So I started Nisi Telecoms. And Nisi Telecoms, essentially, after a while, within a year of opening the business, I was turning around a million US dollars. We were had this satellite capacity from Lahore, sorry, from Israel to Lahore. So there was VYP. This I'm talking about uh, 2003, 2004. So we had satellite link into Lahore, Pakistan. I had an office. I didn't have a physical office. My house was my office. So my wife, a lawyer, was my secretary of the company. I was the whatever, but we were operating from my house. Our, we have a virtual PA, personal assistant. So anybody calls from anywhere in the world, they pick our call. And so we gave a, an image of a big company. So we're betting big contracts. And so this, uh, so just to bust the people who say you must have an office space mm -hmm. before you make money, you know, that is fallacy. And so we had the satellite link from Israel and uh, kept increasing and kept I was making 60% on the money. Israel and Pakistan don't have past, uh, relationship, diplomatic relations. So all the shipments from Israel will come to London and transship it to Pakistan. You know, the company was in New, New, New York. So we're doing that and we had passion for giving. So we thought our assignment was giving. Making money was not even, as I told you, the guys in Lahore had problems. I just called them and said, do this, do this, do this, and it was solved. And they said, okay, you handle the contract. That's how I took that contract. So all the jobs, most of the jobs that have made me mega money is problem. When they've gone around, they can't. I just shake myself and I have a solution. <laughs> So I was doing this, but I felt emptiness. I felt something was small. We had 23 mission organizations we were sending money to. Mommy and I would sit down and say, who do we bless today? We were eating, we were buying clothes, luxury, master Spencer, everything. Money is just sitting in the bank. So we send money. Every month we had all this mission organization on payroll. So realizing that, because I understood that, if you're not in the center of God's will, there's going to be emptiness. There's going to be you, even if you the money is just there, the whatever. So, and I began to pray, Lord, move me by force. Short circuit prayers. There are first short circuit prayers. Move me by force from where I am to where I need to be to fulfill purpose. That was the prayer. I went, I think about a week, two weeks later, I dreamt in Nigeria myself in Nigeria. I was praying that prayer. My thought was not Nigeria. Yes, <laughs> so I woke up and said, God forbid, Satan is trying to take <laughs> me back. <laughs> no way. <laughs> not in my environment. Then people talk about Titan offering. We didn't believe in Titan offering. What price do you pray for a child of God that died on the cross? So when we give money, 30%, we take it on, on when the turnover. We cost everything together. We just, I was watching in, worshiping in KICC London. Mm. And um, before I left, it was House on the Rock. I was worshiping before I left. When I get to London, uh, when after my seven years here, I got there and I just realized there's too much, uh, too much uh, uh, Yoruba thing. <laughs> after church, they just congregate. So I left to KICC. So it was in KICC I was when, and this was happening. And so, I, uh, one afternoon, I, start, I, I slept and I started counting coins. I prayed that prayer. I forgot in a prayer prayer. Mm. <laughs> I started counting coins. I said, no, God, this is not possible. You know those uh, 
like like scriptures, we give ourselves Mark. <laughs> Malachi 3 6 mm. and rebuke the devourer. Yes, <laughs> At least people uh, are realizing that. Yes, uh. <laughs> in the New Testament, and that's a lot of funny thing going on in the church. In the New Testament, there was no tithes. That's why you never saw one account of tithes from end to end. What they give is based on need. They sold their land. They understood what the importance of the cross was. They would sell their land to meet needs. That's why uh, this lady, the one that died, both of them, husband and wife, uh, what's their name now? The mouse eh? No, the one that, uh, I'm talking of Acts chapter... Okay, um, Hananiah. Uh, <laughs> it was land. Mm. Nobody was talking the term percent. Mm. Because we are all priests and kings now. Mm. As, uh, because the gate to heaven was, uh, the gate to the Holy of Holy was torn asunder. No more priests. Everybody is now priests and kings. And so when there's a need, another king is having problems. Kings mobilize resources to help. Yeah. There was nobody had need. We perverted the church. I think I think most of my giving of tithe was coming from fear. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, God has not given us the spirit yeah, of fear. But people are giving tithe as the are not dealing with them. Mm. Is it not? Are people not falling sick? Are arm robbers not attacking their house? Didn't COVID keep some of, some of them? Why didn't the tide stop it? These are questions you should be asking. <laughs> people are bound in church. And those churches are holding the flow of God's power. By the time I tell you my story, you understand. So I said, I pay my tithe. God, how can I be counting coins? I don't even pay tithes. I mean, I do more than tithes. So... I went three days, I locked up myself. I said, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Three days without, without uh, water. I said, Lord, what is going on? The third day I had a dream. In the dream, I was in the forest, and there was this winding tree. And then I saw a winding for a road in the forest. And I saw a tree that has been blown down by the wind. But the root was still in the ground. And it was carved in wood on the, on the stem. It says, I have sent my word ahead of you. So I was turning around this tree from every angle I could read. I have sent my word ahead of you. And I woke up. I said, what does this mean? <laughs> then Adili um, um, there's priest Chris Pachove. I don't know if you've heard of him. Adili there's this devotional that they do. Uh, uh, they used to have stadium event in, uh, in Lagos. It's a devotional that has stories. Our daily manner. Our daily manner. Bishop Chris Kwakwe. Yes. Uh huh. So that comes with different fruits. Fruits, correct, yeah. correct, correct. So, so I had partnered with him because when I was in the UK, I saw his book and I saw the story. I said, I will build a website for you. He said, please. They didn't have email. They didn't have so the first wow. website I was the one who built. Wow. So we got talking. So he said, three a.m. I said, received an email. He said, three a.m. The Lord came to him and he said he was going to tell him about me that I'm it's going to make me I'm going to be a blessing in the body of Christ blah 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 this is an engineer what's my business because work and <laughs> money and pay people you know that the enemy just like God kept Moses in Pharaoh's house that he was that the enemy was going to raise his ugly head but just like he kept Moses to fulfill purpose so also I will rise to fulfill purpose so that was it. I just filed it away. Six months, one year later. I'm talking of 2005. This was happening in 2000. By 2006, I know all hell has broke loose. The guys that were doing satellite for started fighting each other. We're talking of, we're supposed to write another deal for 2 million US dollars thereabout. 
it broke down. But I knew the prayer I prayed mm. about being in the center of God's will, mm. being a blessing in the body of Christ. Does that have anything to do with Nigeria? I couldn't connect anything. You know, when we see, we see in part. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I have a record of that. So I, it's important to keep records of prophecy. Yeah, I ha- I today I can look at my phone and I'll show you where the record, you could read it. Prescribe will read the message that he sent to me uh, that period. Uh, by the time I get, uh, I think I have your number. I'll forward this thing to you so that it gives you an idea. This was 2000. I kept the record. So now those record is making sense to me. Mm. <laughs> so some prophecies is for a season. Yeah, some prophecies, yeah. when the time comes, it clicks. So then my, and in, in, in being a blessing in the body of Christ, the assignment now began to unfold in 2000. How did it come? And I now explain. September, my wife was pregnant three months. And I, in the dream I had, you are going to give birth to a son. Call him Isaac. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so by March 16th, okay, March 15th or March 14th earlier, we went to the hospital. The child was oriented properly. By March 16th, sorry, March 15th, they said it turned. It turned into a question mark. This child turned into a question mark in the tummy. So three days, my wife was in labor. She couldn't deliver. It's Isaac. <laughs> so the third day, the second day, that's on the 16th, I was pacing up and down. I don't know if you know Sunday Adelaja in, in, in Russia. In, okay, it's also somebody who has a major mega whatever. So I called him his church that they should pray. My wife is giving birth to three boys, two boys. I don't know why this is complicated, blah blah blah. So I was in the hospital pacing up and I in the UK and I heard start 40 day fast. God knows how to hook us, He knows yeah, where to hook us. He <laughs> said, Start for I didn't know that all they give name and he was just building on temp of what he wants to do with me. <laughs> It says, start 40 day fast. I looked at my wife, and it was a projection. I looked at my wife, 40 day fast. I've done 21 days fast. Guys, uh, push onto something, 21 day fast with uh, the other church. I've never done 40 days before, mm. and not alone. 40 day fast. It's my wife dying. She was in pain. The next word, I wanted to pray for my church. I wanted to pray for my leaders. Ignoring. Ignoring what's happening at the moment. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ah, what's up now? This one here. <laughs> oh, it's pray for my church. Mm. I look at this. Pray for church and leaders. Okay, I heard you. Okay. He said I should take a pen and a paper. Right there in the hospital, I began to write the prayer points. So as I was writing the prayer points, it was about repentance and all these things going on mm. in church. All the mega mess going on. <laughs> so I said, okay. I've not done 40 day fast before. It was dialogue, not mouth, yeah. dialogue. I'm going to start this 40 day fast. But before the 40 day fast, I give terms and condition. I want to see you face to face. So fast started on the 17th of March. And he said the 40 day fast, I should do it every year. So any day, Isaac's birthday, fasting starts. Oh, wonderful. <laughs> That's why I gave the name Isaac oh. <laughs> for today. Praying for church and leaders. As I start praying, revelations start coming. I write some of them. Some things they are doing right, some things they are not doing right. God is passionate about his body. Now, <laughs> and, uh, there are some ministries that are not on billboards. Intercessory ministries behind the scene. So, so, 
I started the 40 day fast so on the on the 17th of March 2006 by the 22nd of April 2006 5 a.m. in the morning my mother-in-law came because they had to tear her open Isaac was born on the 17th so they had to tear her open so I had to start the fast that day as well so my mother-in-law had to come to the UK to help so I was now lying in the you know this there are two two rooms it's a house we bought so two two room um, apartments uh, luxury apartments so I was lying in the lounge and uh, and it's the area for millionaires. It's a millionaire because mm-hmm. I, I was telling you I was making money. Yes, um, <laughs> you know when I started doing this, and they said London, you cannot work, you cannot do business. That here everybody work. I said not me. I'm starting a business. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so when I started six months, we didn't have any sales. They said we told you that the six month boom break came. <laughs> so you have to be able to sense whatever when there's crisis. Go back to what you heard. Yes, sir. It's important. If you didn't hear anything, just back off. Mm, <laughs> you yes, are sir. on a goose chase yes, now. So God can be precise as precise can be. He will give you specifics. There's no magumago. When he gives you a word, you don't doubt it. It's, it's core. It's real to the point. Okay? So we, we, um, so the fasting started. So 5 a.m. I was in a trance. It was 5 a.m. I was facing the wall. At the window, I saw him walking through the window. Three days to the end of the fast, 40 day fast. He walked through the window. His hands were at the back. Sorry. He was walking on the He came through the window. He was walking on the And I was lying here. So he was coming like gently. He was dressed like the Arabian. The way they, you know, they wrap themselves with clothes. That's how he was dressed. I couldn't see the face. Remember when he told Moses that anyone that sees yeah, sees that is the day, but I saw his form. So he was coming gently like that, <laughs> like that, gently, gently. He got to my leg area. I knew I was in trouble. It's like a very powerful electromagnetic field around him. So when he got to my leg area, the leg disappeared. He moved forward. That place disappeared. This one recombined. You remember I'm in a trance, so I could see this. Yes. It goes. And turns around, comes back again. Goes, turn around, come back. I started begging. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they auctioned. Oh my God. So then I immediately left. I started running from one end of my room to the other in tears. Oh. It was an encounter I cannot forget all my life. Mm. And if I doubted who God was, it, it was nailed for me then. That is a God who lives. <laughs> so, so, so that was my baptism. So, he now came and showed me why he told me to pray, why he talked about repentance. God is about love. So he stood, he stood, and I could see through his neck. They were just connected with ligaments. You could see through. I could see through every part of his body, every part. I could see through the joints, the joints. Then every part, the leg. I was seeing churches. Catholic Church, this <laughs> Potter's house in, in Texas, everywhere. And I opened my mouth and I said, where do I fit in this body? He said, look for churches that disciple. Don't look at numbers. What is discipleship? It took me almost one year plus to unravel what discipleship was. He said, go and make disciples. He didn't say go and big, big churches. Go and make. So there are people filling up church. They can't do anything. The work is on the pastor. They can't do anything. I'm sick, pastor. Uh, my day is pastor. Prayer point, pastor. It's not equipping. Converts. 
not disciples. Mm. Disciples are people who are born. And when you say disciple, most of the time people talk disciple and they say model after me. No, they are modeling after Jesus. So when they model after Jesus, it's not to sit down. If you anybody model modeling after Jesus will replicate. So you reproduce after your kind. So whatever I'm sharing with you now, if I finish with you and it ends with you, that's the end. It has to go to other people. Yeah. Other people who are doing healing or whatever has to be. People who are confused about their core, they will also need to reproduce. That's discipleship. And it says by their fruit. What is it? Fruit of love. The church doesn't have love. They say we are fighting each other back and forth. So division was what the main issue. That was the burden he put on me. Yours is healing and whatever that he just talked about. There's so many things. And prophetic and, you know. So, I, so, so the first, after that, I started going around in London telling people to engage. <laughs> engage with one another churches. On Sunday, I would get up and tell them, you can't have an encounter with God and remain the same. Mm. There's no possible. Look at Paul. Mm. You can't have an encounter with God. You doubt God. The day you meet God, the Bible will become... It makes sense to you. True. You know? So, and it says in Ma, in John uh, chapter 17, if you read from verse 21, that they might be one. Mm. That the love that we have for one another might be in them. That they may be one. That the world may know that you, Father, sent me. But because when we are fighting each other, we are telling the world that, no, Jesus, these are not mm. Jesus' followers. Jesus did not come. True. Because if Jesus is real, his love will be there. Jesus is love. You True. people don't have love. True. So any reasoning, proper reasoning person will say, no, sorry, I don't belong to this place. I'm not interested. God's children are outside. Some of them are in mosque right now. I can tell you, they are Christians who are worshiping God in mosque. They don't want to come inside church. They are bowing down. They are bowing down to Jesus. They call prayer, they go and pray. They are making disciples inside mosque, as I'm telling you now. And they're having their time with Jesus, JJ, because there's denomination. So is it the church that is destroying the body? No, it's the organization we set up to organize the church that is breaking about the body. People, you meet people, what church do you attend? Who is going to ask you that in heaven? Denomination. Who is going to ask yeah. about denomination? And that's why I, I, I've always had. Maybe I'm the rebel. I don't know. Sure, but I've always like a, we, we, set, we set up we set up um, a, an evangelism group and yes. told them. I said enough of this. Um, come to my church. Come to my church. <laughs> I think what is important is if truly you go to minister to somebody and you carry the spirit of God, mm. you will be able to even tell the person which church else to go because from that person's mm. level of understanding of God, there's a certain particular kind of church that mm-hmm. he should attend to Correct. grow up. Correct. The person that told me to go to my church does yeah. not go to my church. So after three services in my church, why are you not coming to this church? He now laughs saying, that's where I know you will grow. Me, I am where I will grow. That's somebody that is mature. Correct, and correct. That thing kept hitting me. Like, that's, that's you know, and sometimes when we're having a program in my church, he comes around. That's it. Now, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's already a business thing. It's a business thing. That's why people want to, people to come mm-hmm. and rely on me. Come to me, come to me, rely on me. If I have the mindset to build uh, followers, I won't be revealing a lot of things I'm telling you now. Yes, sir. By the time you leave here, you can go and carry it out. Yes. That's what disciples do. They don't. They, they, they are there to be replaced. You are there to not to speak, build a castle. And everybody say, man of God. When you wanted to kneel down, that's, I'm saying, no, no, get up. You are also a priest and a king. Honestly. So, after that, the business already had ready, so I had to come back to Nigeria for the assignment. So I went and I knew he wanted me home. So, 
I started going to the mountain again, continue the mountain. Seven days, 2007. First day, second day to the seventh day. Lord, why did you bring me back? Why did you bring me back? No answer. 2008, no answer. 2009, he spoke. What did he say? He said, I'm going to send you. I want you to go to seven churches in each of the state capital. I'm going to give you prayer points, 365 prayer points in a book. I don't want your name on it. Twelve copies of this book you are going to give to them. I'm oh, asking. I your name on it. Oh. You see, yes. Because distraction. Mm. Distraction. Oh, my dad. Okay. Okay, okay. So I don't want your name on it and I wanted to do that and they are going to pray for three years. If they don't repent, I'll release the Northern Army. I went I left the mountain and said Northern Army. Me, revival. I looked at my life. I'm not qualified to go to these churches so they start insulting me. What am I going what how am I going to package it? To tell them what? So I did nothing in 2009. 2010, he got my attention. How did he do it? So there are certain assignments you can't run away. Go send wind, storm, everything. Just like Jonah. Mm. <laughs> there are some assignments you say, Father, if it's possible, let my will, what's your will? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. 2010, afternoon, three in the afternoon, I, had, I was in a trance. I saw these guys with civilian uniform. They were armed more than the military. They were clearing children, adults, everybody, military, bodies all over. On the seventh, the seventh day, trans again, I saw these same people. More intense killing. Now, this is where he got my attention. My children were running to me in the dream. And they said, Daddy, 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 bullets were I could hear pew, 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 bullets were flying. So I got up and said, I'm ready. Uh, <laughs> one be or the other, we have to be ready. <laughs> so oh, I got the prayer point together, got it to the printing press. I told God, where do I get the money to print all this book for all these states uh, that I'll be traveling, that the books will go to. He said, sell your land. So I sell my land in here. Then, <laughs> to get it started, then on the 21st of March. The books were supposed to be ready 31st of March. So 21st of March, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. I was in a dream. Where was I? I went to Abuja for a business meeting. So I now, they got, they got me uh, a, a, a sort of, sort of to, they got me an entry sort of to take me to the airport. So I was going to the airport and I looked at the my mountains. The same people I saw in the first dream, second dream, they were on the mountains in Abuja with grenade launchers. They were taking down vehicles, dead on that Abuja Highway, blood. So we're dodging dead bodies. Military guys were packing dead bodies into pickup. You know, I woke up from that. So I got to the airport in the dream. We got to the airport. We couldn't fly. They said planes were not flying. So we had. They said we should go to Kaduna to go and fly. In the dream, we left Abuja, went to Kaduna, flew from Kaduna, landed in Lagos, and I woke up. So yeah, include this in the dream in the book. So the three dreams were in the book and the prayers were there. So this is the stick, this is the carrot. Mm. <laughs> Repent or else. Mm. <laughs> and so by first, so I went to, on the 31st, I went to pick up the book. Around 5 p.m. I got to, uh, what do they call it? 5 p.m. I got the, the, uh, the printing press, collected the book, my pickup. It was a Jeep, a uh, Nissan Jeep, uh, the back, open back. So I loaded the vehicles in, 
I drove out. Within 30 minutes, I left. It started raining. It has not rained the whole year in Jaws, in Lagos. It started raining cats and dogs. Prayer came out. Father, the same way you kept Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, keep this book from the water. Okay, I thought battle has, has ended. I was descending the bridge on uh, Marina. There's an inner Marina. There's an outer Marina. So on the bridge, I was coming down. As I got the bridge, this was now 7 p.m. You know Lagos traffic. The vehicle started turning. Did a 360-degree turn. As I was turning, vehicles from the bridge were dodging me. Vehicles from the side marine were dodging me. I said, this is now I know. I must go to every part of Nigeria, wherever it is, and make sure this document gets out. Because the demonic entities were fighting. They knew this was warfare. So we had to come from Lagos on the 1st of April. From one city to the other. I'll go to the city. Holy Spirit, which one? He will send me to churches that are white garment, churches that wear slippers, churches that... If you were... Uh, if you protest, If I didn't see the vision in London, <laughs> I would be picking church to go and give books. Yes, <laughs> so that busted it. That God doesn't recognize our pent-up denominations. So, I went seven churches, 12 copies. Trouble is coming. Pray. Three years. Blah, blah, blah. Repeat this. I moved to the next city. I moved to the next city. Do you know, I covered the whole... Okay. Before then, I got to... From Sokoto, I got to Damak... Uh, uh, sorry. Uh, uh, what's the name of the city before Niger City? Uh, after... Uh, not Kefi. Uh, what's the name of it? It's it No, 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 sorry. Um, anyway, after Sokoto, Kebi. So I got to Kebi, my back was aching. Oh my God. I said, Lord, I can't continue. There were four more states left. There was Niger, there was Abuja, there was Kogi, there was Kwara. I said, I cannot continue. I'm tired. So I went to bed, woke up. He said, make sure you get to Asso Rock. I said, okay. I checked my back. My back was okay. I took off. Got to Niger, did what I needed. I was approaching Abuja. I said, Asso Rock, how do I get to Asso Rock? Immediately, the word came. Start calling your friends. Find out who worships in Asso Rock Villa. So I started calling. And a name popped up. Andrew Male. Go and Google it. Andrew Male was an head of intercessor in Asso Rock. 24 men team that were praying for Nigeria. Obasanjo was the one who put him there. But when I saw Andrew, I said, I, don't know, I know Andrew Male now. <laughs> how do I know Andrew Male? When we were in London, one of the diplomats... Eh, put my name into a prayer list. So he added my name to the list. And this guy, Andrew Male, was praying for governors, Muslim, Christian, it doesn't matter for them God to give wisdom. So I was receiving it in London. One day he put up a request that he was wedding in dead money, that anyone that can support him. So I called him for me. My passion is given. So I called him and I said, okay, give me your account. I'll send money to him and we become family friends. So I now called him. I said, Andrew, how are you? He said, how are you? When did you come from the UK? Didn't know my Katakata trip back. <laughs> anyway, we arranged and met, and the 24 men team were there, and I told them, this is the message. I gave each of them a copy, gave four, and I said, make sure it gets to, to uh, uh, what's his name? Jonathan State. And I took off 4 p.m. for Kata Lokoja that day. I was arriving Lagos. I have covered 12 days, 7,000 kilometers. 7,000. That's where it was. As I got to Lagos, it was if a log was taking over me. The body now I've been carrying since I arrived. I just, it was as if, let me fly. I got home. 
I was, oh my God. I mean, <laughs> now, if there was no intercession, can you imagine the crisis Nigeria has gone through? Boko Haram? Look at Nigeria, sister. Has the church repented? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Some are changing. But 2021, he said I should go again. And my wife said, darling, 2010, there was no Boko Haram. Now, there's kidnapping and all kinds of things going on. Why would you go? I said I spent 40 days in God's presence. This is what he said. So I took off from here with my Toyota, the car there. I took off. Twice the car knocked on the road. Twice. It's warfare. What was the instruction? Don't go to any church. Look for uh, FCS, um, all the youth organization mm. that he wants to run revival in Nigeria using the youth, not the church anymore. Not the church buildings and the denomination anymore. So I should go. He gave me a message about what's going to happen and how he wants it to happen. So I said I should meet youth leaders. Each city I go into, I should find out where they are and give them the message. But I do something else. That each of the city I go to, as you anoint in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, dedicate that place in the, as the plan of God for that state, as it's in heaven, let it manifest on earth. Then collect the sand from there, put it in a bottle and label it so that you can use it an ongoing prayer for the country. So that's what I did. So Kuto, in fact, when I got to Meduguri, Meduguri that I went before, that I went through Mubi, this time around it's one way in, one way out because all the loads are short. Yes. I got to Meduguri, I was coming back and um, military guys were returning. Cars were turning back. What's going on? They said there was an incursion on the only road that takes you out of Meduguri. So I said, Meduguri, I spoke like, yes. Meduguri, I did not come here to be stopped by BH fighters. So I declared, road clear in the name of Jesus. I put the gear and I went. On the road, I couldn't meet any car. All the way to Damaturu, I got Damaturu. I didn't meet any Boko Haram and continue my work. <laughs> you know, it was it in between uh, Kasinala and uh, Taraba State at 7 p.m. on the road. And I saw these guys on the road with uh, cows. And from afar, I could see the whites on the highway. And then I see a vehicle, there was negotiation going on. And I got prompted that this is kidnap incidents because they use cows too. So I was commanded to enter the bush. I entered the bush, dodged it, and continued my journey to Taraba. Arrived Taraba late in the night. So I just shared that with you because God's work. So, I finished this one in 21 days, 8,500 kilometers. The engine knocked twice. In fact, my son called me and said, Daddy, are you sure, are you sure in this case that God is the one sending you? I said, look, except, except I didn't know who I'm, but son, I'm coming back intact. Don't worry, I'll be back intact. I came back 8,521 kilometers. And I'm still using that car, 2321. When Tinubu took power, do you know what he did? He sent ritualists to Lagos and Kaduna to dedicate the country. Are you aware of some video? <laughs> so, so when he speaks, people will calm down because they've held the whatever. But before he did that, a higher power had gone around. Yes. 2021, before this guy yes, shows up. Yes, yes. In fact, some churches started saying, oh, let's go back around and, and re-neutralize what they've done. <laughs> no, 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 I've seen my... So we've spoken one hour, 26 minutes, yeah. Uh, 
so I'm recording now. So uh, blessings, uh, so I also means you're a blessing uh, to the world. So see yourself as a blessing. But most of the time, um, we read, um, it's today's uh, fifth Friday, fifth, I'm discussing with blessing, and uh, I made her pray, and I just felt prompted to uh, come. I had come several times, I was resisting it, I was going back and going. You know, when the Spirit wants you to say something or do something, <laughs> most of the time you are crying out to the Lord, He raises a person. When people start crying out for deliverance, it raises Jesus and sends him down to us. <laughs> so it's human. You need the human touch. <laughs> okay. Um, I can't tell you how many people he has sent me to since I came here. Somebody will come and say, <laughs> and he left home and said, the Lord said you are going to meet somebody here who is going to give you. <laughs> but he never knew who, and you know, and stuff like that. But the, the, the body of Christ is really connected. It goes beyond the four walls of the church. The four walls of the church is for equipping of the saints. But outside, we have church on legs. Means that we are carrying God's presence. He said he's no longer going to stay in temple in the last if you reach Jeremiah. That he's going to make him steal our heart with his home. We are going to dwell. And then when um, the the Pentecost uh, happened, that took place. They became church on legs. <laughs> okay, so when they gathered together. Uh -huh. So we read Jeremiah 11 uh, from verse. Uh, uh, from verse 11, and I said that God has a plan. There's a plan that God has for every one of us. It's important that we key into that plan and call it forth into manifestation. There's a spiritual dimension, which is heaven. There's a physical dimension, which is earth. The issue is not God having a plan. The issue is having that plan manifest here. Okay? If the enemy knows that you're message of love is going to transform lives and cause people to take on the kingdom of God. It's going to do everything possible so that that dream will not come to pass. It's not okay that God said it's important that it manifests. There are so many people that have died and gone. They couldn't do it because they didn't contend for the faith. They didn't travel until Zion brought forth. If you look at Isaiah 66, if you read from verse 5 all the way to 8, you see that process that in one day, a child was born, a nation was born. Why? Because for Zion traveled and she brought forth. So what you were doing here, you were traveling. Now there's one dimension of traveling, which is the area of prayer. There's also the dimension of traveling, which has to do with action. It has to be, when you spend time in the presence of God, as you're stepping out from here, it's giving you, do this. Do this because God is a practical God. There's always an outworking of what is not theory. We can't read book and do gospels. He will take us through something in our life that requires love, or maybe a situation where there's no love. And then as we travel, the love comes, and then we want to take it out to others. Then we get equipped on how to bring about love in a hopeless and helpless situation. You want to preach about love and in your own house there is no love. And you're asking yourself, how do I go out to preach love? When in my house? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask my sister earlier because she can't only give what she doesn't have. Pardon? I was asking my sister that I can't only give what she doesn't have. So God knows he has it, but you have it. But it's in the crisis, he, the oil 
for love comes out. The oil of love cannot come out in normal situation. It's when it's in the deplorable situation when there is no love and then you pray and God releases that anointing for love so that when you speak, it's bleeding out. Meanwhile, in your circumstance situation, you can't really tell whether this is a situation or not. So God prepares us through storms. So crises are not liabilities, they are assets. And that's why Jesus said, in, if you open to read very quickly, Mark chapter 9, verse 49. Telling us here, not Peter, not Paul, not any says that everyone will be salted by fire. If you put your hand in fire, wouldn't it be burned? Yeah, so when they put you in fire, you will be burning, but the essence of you comes out. You can't, you have to test everything by fire. Everyone gets salted, becomes relevant to their generation, to whatever area God calls you, through fire. So fire is crucial. So as I said, you, God is sending you, He's sending you to go and preach love. But around you there is lovelessness. You can't see love anywhere. You are and asking yourself, what? How? Who am I? Giving? Where do I get it from? It's in that crisis you start asking Him to give you the oil for love. And when He decides to give you the oil for love, you are going to have to take some decisions that will portray the God kind of love. And when God says you're going to talk about love, it's not going to be the love, the love that we are talking about, this kind of love that we have, the emotional love. This is the unconditional love. Means you have to get to a situation where somebody treats you badly and you display the love he requires of you. But you can't get that until you bleed, until you travel. Then God will give you the function, the grace. Really, gift, call is grace. So in the place of prayer, when you come to the grace, uh, the, the, uh, say come boldly to the uh, to the throne of uh, the throne of mercy to receive grace in time of need. <laughs> so it's a mercy, but you, you can't get grace for the assignment until you go to the throne boldly and ask him. Then he releases grace. So somebody that is difficult to forgive. Because of the oil of love, you say, I forgive. So the willingness that you display, the willingness that you display to obey him releases grace. Grace doesn't just come to people who don't want to obey. I repeat that most of the time they say, Oh, grace, grace, my grace is sufficient. But there's a price to pay for grace. 
Jesus has paid the price, but there's an outworking, which is, I am willing. You know, you say, I'm willing to obey grace of grace. And then now, the gift that will say this person has grace of love will now manifest. And you can now go to people who treat you badly and say, I forgive you. He said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And that begotten Son was in the garden of Gethsemane saying, God, if it's possible, let me cause Christ. He would have stayed in heaven and he would have stayed in heaven and just say, Oh, 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 no, no, I love them. So all your sins are forgiven. Practical. He sent him down. <laughs> Died in death. He didn't want to die. The separation that needs to happen between him and the Father. Going into hell and taking the key. And they say, It is finished from that moment. And then telling people, telling people that were killing him, plan, said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. How on earth can you tell us that the Pharisees and Sadducees didn't know what they were doing? Because we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. We are wrestling against the spirit and power. We knew that they were captives to the prince of the power of the earth. So why does Satan have this power? Satan has his power because Adam and Eve, the lease of the earth was given to Adam and Eve when they disobeyed, they hand over the lease. And so when Jesus came and Satan was sent into Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, he says, look, all this wealth has been given to me. Whoever I want, I give it to you. So just bow down and worship me. So in your own case, in the case of love, you see somebody who has done something wrong and you say, sorry, I'm not, I'm going to go my own way. You have bowed to Satan. Because Satan is rebellious. Satan does not forgive. And Jesus calls you to represent him as love that when all else is done, when everything stands against the person, you say, I have forgiven and I love you. It looks very really out of this world, but that is what he wants you to display to you. So when God calls you love, you are going to get a lot of mega mess around you. People, especially people. Everything you see in the Bible from A to Z, from Genesis to Revelation, is all about relationship. And if you look at the keyword, that keyword, just go through the Bible and look through the word love from Genesis to um, Revelation. That is your matching order. And then you see how it plays out. <laughs> you see how that love plays out in um, Holy Spirit. What was it? I wanted to say something. What is it? Yes, that the love of God it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him will not pray, perish, but have everlasting life. And God has had to outwork that love on earth. And yes, that's it. So Jesus came and said that the, the whole commandment is wrapped up in two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor or with all your strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments, hands upon the laws and the prophets. So we are in Ten Commandments. Just forget the Ten Commandments. Just take those two. You are clean. <laughs> Just take those two. So that is your marching order. That's what God is calling you. Because without love, there is no Bible. God is love. Jesus is love. The Holy Spirit is love. 
So it's a very, very crucial assignment. And their own love is not conditional. So means that when you go out to speak, you are not going to be conditioned on how people treat people or not. Because if you look at our world today, there's lovelessness. There's no love. There's no love at all. People, you give me, I give you. Even in prayer ground. You say, you pray for your enemy. How do you pray for your enemy? Bless those who cause you. How many of that do you see that happening in prayer ground? <laughs> now, I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why should I pray for my enemy? Why should I do that to those who are treating me badly? Which is love. And this is where wisdom, uh, understanding comes. Wisdom is when I take the word of God and I carry it out. That is, wisdom is knowledge in action. Knowledge of God's word, I go and implement. Understanding is where I, I get the reason why I need to obey. Most of the time we have wisdom, we don't have understanding. You see, get wisdom with all your getting. If you look at uh, Proverbs uh, chapter 1, if you look, get wisdom in all your getting. Get understanding. So when you get understanding of what God wants you to do, what then happens is that you now have a reason to obey it even when it doesn't make sense. Alright? Okay, so let me give you an example. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, why is it that every year I pray for the church and leadership? I spent 40 days. That's instruction. I was in the UK, my story. We were in the UK doing business, from supporting God's work, and we felt something is not right. They said, there's something else. Because myself and my wife have dedicated ourselves to our time, our resource, everything we have belongs to God. And, uh, and we got down and uh, we said, so I said, well, is there something else I need to be doing that I'm not doing? I couldn't get clarity. So I prayed one day and I said, Lord, I did a shortcut prayer and you can do shortcut prayer. <laughs> I said, move me by force from where I am to where I need to be to fulfill purpose. In the I said, shut down everything that needs to shut down so that I can walk into it. And move me. If I don't have the resource, move me. <laughs> I went to bed and I saw myself in Nigeria. I said, far, 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 God forbid. <laughs> because when I studied overseas, I came back from these seven years and I said, I can't operate in this environment. So I went back. The place, the place I'm running away from, God is taking me back. You know, let me uh, show this so that it doesn't affect the record. Yeah. Mm. So, as I shut down, and then I, I saw myself in vision, and, and then I started binding on this. Long story, story short, six months down the line, okay, our business was doing well. Six months down the line, everything started collapsing. And God used the devil to do it. Just like he used the devil to kill his son. <laughs> to deliver the whole of mankind. So, you hear now, ah, the village, they are throwing arrows, they are throwing whatever. Yes, that's their responsibility to get you. <laughs> okay. So, let me pause there because it's a long story so that I don't divert from, uh, from the main. What did I say before I move in there now? If you are following me. You're talking about the 
opportunities of purpose to fulfill the, the, the that's the God aspect yeah. he's given me. Okay. He can so that I'll be able to fulfill Okay. Okay. So when God gives you an assignment like this, you spend time focusing on love. You can read, meditate on anything, but your meditation will be on love. And you're asking the Holy Spirit to bring light. Because Jesus says that it is important that I go away. If I do not go away, the Holy Spirit is not come. But when the Spirit comes, it will lead you into all truth. Means that if you don't understand love, Holy Spirit, what does it mean? How am I going to do this work, Holy Spirit? What exactly? What exactly? In what format? And you can keep that prayer going for the next 21 days. The next six months, you won't hear anything. But it will be orchestrating situations and circumstances around your life. <laughs> Maybe in the office there's promotion that is due, it doesn't come. Yet it says pray for your need, you know, whatever. <laughs> so I asked the Lord, but how should I pray for my enemy? He said, okay. Now, have you noticed that whenever you are not in good terms with somebody, if that person becomes the center of your world, how does it become the center of your world? You start thinking about what the person did. You start thinking about how the person hurt you. You start wishing the person, before it translates from there into wishing the person dead, everything possible. The person is in the center of attention, center of attention. I said, look, you make your enemy an idol. That's why I say, when you start praying, you release that person. Does it make sense? <laughs> okay. Have you gotten this before? That you make when you are you are not in good time with people. In fact, when they are coming this way, you won't have it. Actually, uh, yeah. let me see, this is a 40 out of 50. God already dealt with me with, with the spirit of unforgiveness. Okay, okay. Uh, it wasn't easy, Sean, because the, the person that offended me was my immediate younger sister. Mm-hmm. And I felt uh, I've taken care of her enough but I don't deserve what happened. So after everything, because nobody was willing to hear my own side of the story, she was the first to get home and narrate everything. So my parents accepted that. So I wasn't there now, which I just went and said, if I trust to help with everybody. After all, uh, I'm married, I have my own family, and they can stay on their own. And that was just it. I stopped calling everybody. I was just on my own. But along the line, I had an encounter in the dream that I was on my way to the market. All of a sudden, I missed my way. I don't know how it happened. I found myself in a, in a bush, in a forest. I was just wandering around, couldn't get a place. I was not seeing anybody, but the shocking thing about it was that as I was going, animals were seeing me as in lion, as in they were running instead of me running. Mm-hmm. I would see them, I'll be scared, trying to, they would not run, they would be running. I was like, what is happening? I was looking around, looking for a place. I was there till noon. There was no way out. I would go around and I'll come back to the same spot. So, yeah, the thing I'm doing, what are you doing here? 
how comes what and truly in the dream before I went to the market that they asked that the issue was still hot mm-hmm. I now use that anger and let me go to the market and fix one so that was how I missed everything it was there anyway now I looked up I was and asked God have mercy on me <laughs> and I now shouted as in it, I'm not Yoruba but mm-hmm. that was, I used Yoruba as in Egbaniyo as in help me I need help as I was shouting that Egbaniyo that was how it first lifted me from that bush I found myself on the roof mm-hmm. when I woke up I was an old meditator God what is it after all the meditation so that luckily enough my sister we used to pray to her she don't call me like she was trying I said please before you share what you want please I have something bothering me can you please help me because I'm confused I've been trying to maybe because of my mind was worried or why with it but it's okay I should give her time and her pray so anyway so, who offended me that I don't want to forgive <laughs> and I said how she said now you better forgive the person because if you don't even and in short the kind of misery that you face in life because of unforgiveness. And I was like, what does that have to do with somebody walking around in the bush again and talking of food? So that's what the message I got to that you should forgive and let go and learn to forgive yourself. It took me time as well. So since and since then, anytime because of that experience, because the bridge is the, the misery will be much as in even animals, you know, people not having it, you will be missed. Ah, even be it what I'll try to always let it go. But it's just that I'll just avoid that person. I'll try to I mean, not to have anything okay, okay. to do with that person that will bring such thing again. I'll just try to always. But <laughs> even I'll, I'll forgive the person for my heart. <laughs> This is counter because anytime you really forgive, there's an attraction because you are praying for that person. So what you do is you use your mouth to forgive, but you don't pray for them. Uh-huh. So what the magic now is when you start when you start praying, it will look very foreign initially. And after a while, by the time you start praying and praying for their good, immediately the spirit of love comes. And then you now release them. Now you can even call them to come. Ah, come. And you didn't bother anymore whether they hurt you again or not. But you can't control. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. So any place you get into and there's, you are trying to avoid people, you know there's something wrong, something has gone wrong. And it's all about relationship. In fact, when God wants to weigh how we have developed, he watches to see our relationships. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus came and said, how can you say you love God when the people around you can? The only confirmation for me as God that you really love me is you love these creatures, these wicked-looking creatures, these stonky creatures that I've created. In fact, it says that if you tell your brother or your sister, you fool, that you are, you are qualified for hellfire, that you cannot even make a single hair. How can you go and use word against my creation? So because what tends to then happen is so. That's why I was trying to explain to you. If God has given you love, oh my God, you are going to have a relationship crisis. Because it's in that relationship crisis, you understand why God is allowing you through those crises so that you can develop the oil 
to handle any kind of offense. So you know that you're talking about me. The government that means safety was having some kind of crisis in that place or one or something. So that's why even the the prince by everything is all that. It's not that you're talking everything because I was sharing with you just they just try by all means to preach the law, but I think that why I don't understand what the law message is all about. <laughs> so even when I do my husband, I said I don't know how to go about it. I don't even understand what it is. <laughs> So I don't even know how to start, what to do, and what to hide. I don't understand. So it's not that I'm talking, because it was in the midst of that time that the thing, the dream came out. Yes, yes. Which you know, how? How would I start? Where would I start? Would I go and tell people, okay, Jesus love you, repent? Okay, that was where my mind was. Sometimes I don't understand. Okay. So do you notice now that it's the spirit that prompted me? There are people who have come here. I didn't have the move to come and I didn't even see. All I saw was your leg. I didn't even know who was. Then I had knocked and and come. So God, what He does is when there is confusion, because it's His assignment, He wants to. The body of Christ is to equip the work, the saints for the work of ministry. That's what if the if the church you are in is supposed to equip you to do that. So if you have a pastor, you can go to him and say, If God is telling me to do this, Lord, how do I do it? And you, you can also reach out to other people because God doesn't really recognize this denomination we put up. Yeah. He's creating a lot of confusion. So your pastor might be a prophet. He has nothing to do with law. Remember, there's another prophet, pastor that God has equipped in that area that you can sit under and learn a few things or buy books of past people you know that have that kind of unction that are, that are always talking about love, 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 love. Buy their books and see what they're saying. That way you get equipped. And yours can start. But where do you start? You start from the foundation. And the foundation is the word. So go on the internet and search for keyword love in the Bible. So it's going to come out with all the, the scriptures. You write them down. If you need to write them, get a note, a big notebook. I have a big notebook. Every time I come to prayer, I have a long notebook. As the Lord is speaking, I'm writing. And so, get a big notebook, and it's called Love Book. So, you take a scripture and begin to meditate by day. If, if you don't have a release on your understanding of that, wait another day. Continue with that scripture. If you want to take one scripture a week, Take a scripture. If it's so major for you, you can't understand. Keep one, one, six months, five months on one scripture. Meditate the Holy Spirit. What does this mean? Can you give me an example? You are praying on your own. Holy Spirit, can you give me an example today? What this means in real life? Because everything God tells us is practical. There's no theory. There's no, I go and climb something and there's no relevance in real life. No. There's no call that is still there. You are just talking. No, it's practical. It's practical. And so, that's the, the first assignment, is to get the entire. And going back to the scripture I shared with you earlier, as Jeremiah 29, 11, the first one said, so, for, so now it goes to verse 13, verse 12, then you Call upon me and go and pray to me. You have obeyed now. You come here and pray to the Lord. And he has answered you. The first answer is giving you that he has heard your cry. He has sent me here. So he has answered you. 
And he says, he will, he will seek me. People leave this out. And you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. He says, 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord. This is a, it's like, you will find me, sure, banker. But I will, I will expose myself to you. How do you know your son? Go into the world. Jesus is the world. Begin to analyze everything. And the, the Lord, Holy Spirit, grant me hunger for this assignment. I receive hunger by the authority. He has really accomplished, but on earth you are not saying it. Grant me hunger for this assignment. I wake up, let me think about it. I'm in the market, let me think about it. I'm engaging with people, customers, let me think about it. You start, and then that's number one. On the practical term, list the people that have offended you. One after the other. I dealt with you. Give them a phone call. As you start praying, just pray. If you don't have the ease, start praying blessings for them. Start blessing them. One day you will have a news to call them. You call them and say, Hello, how are you? How can I? Uh, how are you? It's been a long time. I just got to Happy New Year to you. And tell what you are doing is you are releasing yourself from the captivity that you saw and everybody is running away from you in the dream that you saw. People you can go and tame, you are running away from. The lions are aggressive animals, so love calms them down. Now they are running away from you, they are even afraid to come You have an assignment, you can't go and give an interpretation of your dream now. The animals are running away. Animals that should be attacking you are running away. Because you that are supposed to be lovers also become aggressive like them. Forgiveness with. So the first step for you, this is where rubber hits the road. This is where everyone will be salted by fire. How do you get salted by fire? The offense is said is fire. You get burnt. You don't want any does anyone want to put water out of the hand in fire? No. You get burnt and you take your hand away from it quickly. But it's in those classes you get salted for the assignment and become the salt and the light. So what area, what area does God want you to shine as light? Love. And what that does that mean? It means the opposite is what will be happening in your life so that you can develop the option. Because people who are looking for love have crisis. You are not going to meet people who are divorced or people whose husband is beating up. You are not going to tell them to start praying for their husband. Because you have tried it, you've prayed and you've received the release. So the way you test that what I'm telling you works Start praying for them. Take one week. Take two weeks. Take three weeks. Start blessing them. The one that you label as enemy, Jesus says, love your enemies. Pray for those. Start praying for them. And guess what? God will start revealing things to you of areas you need to focus and pray for them. Because right now, he can't trust you to give them, give you prayer point for them. Why do you have to pray for them? You don't want to make them idol. Because God is your idol. He says, if you look at the command in the first one, I am the God that you shall have no other God beside me. And when we make you get enemies, they become idols. By default, it's automatic. They occupy a special place in our heart when God shall provide. And at the same time, we're thinking God will want to share our hearts with other people. He's a God of his eternal God. 
says, I'm a jealous God. He 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 says, I'm a jealous God. So you came, you prayed, you've gotten action plans. What did you do from there? Get, if it's 500, if it's 300 words, get all the 300 words. Start meditating on it. Don't assume that you understand it. Ask the Holy Spirit to expand it, to give you clarity, to give you practical. He will start showing you things. Practical things will be happening around your life. Oh my God. Sometimes you just pinch yourself to be sure whether... <laughs> Because possibly all along, all you know about God is still you read the Bible. Mm-hmm. I'm not lying. I'm not okay. That's good. But now applying it and ministering to people because God is about outward. All the gift we have is for others, but we need to be prepared to do that work. And the way God prepares us is puts us in a situation that those people who lack love have. So you find out maybe if there's no love between you, your husband and your husband having crisis. And then the Holy Spirit comes and says, You are love here, here. You remember you are in love. Your anointing is love, yes. But yeah, be the first one to initiate uh, reconciliation. You say, God forbid. <laughs> he offended me. He said, Yes, I understand he offended you. Go now, kneel down and say, I'm sorry. Whatever thing has done. Whether you offend or not care, I'm sorry. I forgive you. You see, your sister, I don't care what happened. I was offended. I don't care now. I forgive you completely, totally. Do you forgive me? Please forgive me. This man was the one who insulted you. You are asking for that is what we call love. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they are doing. Meanwhile, they are the one who forgave me. That is love. Now, finally, scripture for you. So, it's, you seek him with such with all you have that is found by you. God is the word. So, love is in the word. Go and sit down there and start having a one-on-one with the Holy Spirit. And you see manifestation around you. You'll be sending you people who need love. In your office, you will, you, you will come and he will bring, give you the option to pick out this person is struggling. And you will tell them, can I help you? Is there anything happening? Oh, you won't understand. Tell me, I don't understand what is it. The ministry has started. I was doing this. In your office, there are women there that have beaten their husband and wife. Some of them are divorced now. Children are all in crisis. And I don't know what you are to demonstrate God's love. And it's not palatable. Whatever step you need to take is not easy. But that's why grace is required. He gives grace to be humble. Until you humble yourself under the mighty God, uh, mighty hand of God, and He will grant you grace. You humble, grace comes. You don't humble, no grace. And humbling is doing something that is not natural to do in this particular situation. Making yourself small and making other people bigger than you. That is, oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus, the creator of all human race, come down, get beaten by the people who created him? Killed him, insulted him, put everything on his head, put him in the in, in grief. He created them. That is humility. So let's look at two scriptures. So I'll come back to that. The first one, um, Holy Spirit, what was the scripture? There are so many scriptures popping up in my head. I don't know which one to follow. So let's go to 
Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12. We'll come back to Philippians 2. So just remind me. We'll do Hebrews 12. We'll do Philippians 2. There's one more scripture I was taking you to, which has escaped me now. But let's we'll get it. Yeah? Hebrews 12, yes. Hebrews 12, in verse 1. So if you can read that. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which dwelt so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. I continue. Yes. Looking unto so Jesus. What race was set before you? Okay, so he said, For good those weights that's bothering you and pursue the ways that set, and then you should be looking up to Jesus. Now go ahead. Looking up to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who from the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. Yes, it's lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Okay? You have so not when you were praying, that's what I picked up. Mm-hmm. Alright, go ahead. You have not yet resisted unto blood, striving against sin, and ye have forgotten the exhortation you speak yet unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastising of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. So remember, everyone is salted by fire. When fire comes, this are palatable. the chastisement that make us who God has called us to be. It doesn't matter if it's coming from the devil or from whatever, or from sister or from everybody. It's a chastisement so that you be you reflect the image and likeness of Jesus to your sister and to everybody around you. Okay. For whom the Lord loveth, he chastiseth and scorcheth every son whom he receiveth. If ye endure chastisement, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the Father chastiseth not? But if ye be without chastisement, wherefore all are partakers, then are ye pastors and not sons. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh which corrected us, and we give them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection unto the Father of spirits and, and live? For, for, the, for, the verily for, for they verily for a few days chastise us after their own pleasure. Mm-hmm. But he, for our profit, that we might be partakers of his holiness. Okay. Now, no chastising for the present seemeth to be joy- joyous, mm-hmm. but grievous. Nevertheless, after it yielded the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised by thee. Okay, so here it says, Now, no chastising seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Was it painful when your sister did? Okay, now, it says, nevertheless, after all, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness. God is looking for fruit. Is it that they are fruit? You shall remove them. <laughs> it's a chastisement that bleeds fruit. Most people are looking for gift, 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 one gift, but no fruit. There are nine fruit of the Spirit, like nine gifts of the Spirit. 
But we always have that in mind, gifts, speaking in tongues, doing all of that, prophecy, blah, 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 blah. But some long suffering. <laughs> Every fruit, the nine fruit of the Spirit are all about relationship. <laughs> long suffering, patience. Who are you? Are you patient with God? <laughs> or are you patient with house? You are patient with human beings. <laughs> Everything about God, the rising and falling is about relationship. The gift is for you to minister to other people. The fruit is to manifest Him despite the unseemly, palatable situation. It is that afterward it yields a peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So I told you that you, whatever you are going to train. Okay, uh, it's a new King James Version. You are using King James Version. I'm using name King David. Yeah. So who have been trained by it? It's a training. If you say, if my own work is uh, saying, maybe preaching. If it's preaching, no, not preaching. There must be even preachers have a specific area. So your preaching now will be about love, practical or on pulpit. So you'll be doing practical, you'll be doing pulpit. You can't be talking and not going to agree to go and that's where we have standstill in Christianity today, most of Christianity. We talk, 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 we don't do anything. Okay? So, it's training. So, whatever crisis we are going through, let's see it as an asset, not a liability. Let's pay for that. Loan is liability. Let us not say problem as loan, <laughs> but blessing in disguise that is training us for what God has called us to do. Okay? Okay, so then let's go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. Philippians 2. And this one, you can read that now. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bonds and mercy, or if any affection and mercy, okay? So you can see comfort or love. You can see whenever anybody is talking about God's work, then you will see love. Okay, go ahead. Fulfill ye my joy, that ye be like-minded, having the same love. Did you see that word again, love? Being of one accord, mm -hmm. of one mind. Yes. Let nothing be done through strife, of vainglory, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Okay, that's humility. That's what I told you earlier. That when you come in front of people that you have to forgive, means this is your baby sister. Now, in going to apologize to your baby sister, what have you made her? You have made her the top. You are saying <laughs> that is humility. Okay, so go ahead. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Now stop. You now say, my sister, I don't want to have anything. Let me stay my own way. Let me do my own thing. You can do. I don't want to hear anything from anybody again. I had you say that earlier. Yeah, but this is the instruction we are having. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go to the next. Now it's asking you for. It's talking to your mind now. Mm -hmm. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, 
and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being formed in, fa formed in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also had highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name, at the name of Jesus every name should bow, of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. 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 So you will see all the process we talked about. Being God, humbled himself, went to the cross, allowed the Creator to deal with him, and then now God lifted him. So the kingdom of God, our going down is rising up. The world rising up is better. God says, no, go down. That is rising up. That's the principle that God works on. Okay? There was a scripture that I wanted. It's in Luke chapter. It says everyone will be sorted by fire. Sorry, no, I've done that. The next one is uh, the disciple says that uh, we die daily. That we should carry our cross daily, right? Mm -hmm. Paul also talked about uh, take up our cross as Him himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Okay. I should continue. No, it's okay. So, how can you quote? Jesus carried cross once and we are carrying cross every day. Who wants to carry cross load every day? <laughs> and that cross is Jesus, right? And it's the load we are carrying. We are carrying Jesus every day. <clears throat> okay. See, Jesus is the one that said it. Let's open to 1 Corinthians 15, 31. 31. I protest by your rejoicing, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die daily. Do you hear that? He's been beaten, thrown by jail, everything. He says he dies daily. So when you get up, Lord, help me to die as I go out today. Let me, let me die so that you can come alive. It's only when we die, Jesus can show in us. But if we're alive, Jesus cannot be alive. You can't have two humans. <laughs> okay, then let's go to 1 John 4, 17. When somebody pinches you, oh, it's painful. It means you're alive. <laughs> First John. First John. 
John 4.17 Herein is our love made perfect. Now stop there. Your side is what? Yeah. Okay. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. Repeat that again. Herein our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. So Jesus is love. God is love. So once we are displaying love, we are Jesus. Once we are displaying hatred and bitterness, who are we from the dark kingdom? Okay? Then there's a final word. Holy Spirit, what is that? So, Holy Spirit, just remind me, what is this? Yeah, so, um, I think that is it. Uh, we've been talking for, how long? we've spoken for 49 minutes. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know if there's anything you want to share, if there are questions that you have that you've never gotten an answer before. Let me give you an example. My wife one day wanted to ask, say, why is it that in the Bible, women are always, always, at the back. In fact, when they come to the they don't even call their name. <laughs> <laughs> so I was taking back. She wanted to ask me across whatever. So the next thing she heard, how did Jesus treat women? I said, yes, how did Jesus treat women? <laughs> well, Jesus treated women well. <laughs> so that's Jesus is God. So God loves women. And she got an answer. So sometimes we have Questions we are carrying, we've never bothered to ask anybody. Or we've not had time to go out and say, Oh, I got in the present words. So when people are asked, is there questions that you have? And if you see God today, you want to ask God. Because I'm his ambassador, I'm sitting here, so he's right here. Just like you're also his ambassador. So I should be able to draw from him and give an answer. Which one is that? They call him. So that has been my question. So when this love issue came again, the thing was somehow yeah. what exactly where am I going to love? Okay, you mean law school. The love uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yes. So when it came out, that was where the confusion was. What am I? How am I going to start? Yes, yes. So even when the prophecies came about, complete confusion that uh, you have the calling. I've been asking, how are they doing the calling? Yeah. How does it go? We see, we see in part. We see in part. Yes. Those have been my confusing aspects. So mm-hmm. like one of the pastors then was saying, and you can start by doing God's work. You join the intercessory group, you join the intercession, you just be effective in gospel house, gradually. <laughs> All those things, but it tends to, 
my normal self. So, but when this and this love issue it has once you have the will come. If it, uh, after that message, uh, it was as if I wasn't interested in what. So I started getting surprising dreams as in rapture, I didn't make okay, it. Okay, okay. So those were the things that confused me. That I said, is it that like I didn't carry out this assignment? <laughs> I'm going to miss it. Or what is it? <laughs> now, one of the things that the warfare, and that's, I wanted, wanted to say something that some assignment purifies us. For instance, if you go and start praying for them, it purifies you. But one thing that sends people to hell is unforgiveness, bitterness, anger. If you look at Revelation, Revelation 22, if we go to Revelation 22, they keep telling us, ah, when you receive Jesus, no more, everything is okay. One say forever saved. <laughs> Yes. So Revelation twenty-two. It says, um, "Okay, can you read it, please?" Oh, verse one. Okay. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. In the midst of the street of it. And on either side of the river was there the tree of life, which bear twelve manner of fruits, and yield her fruits every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall be no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. And they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, and there shall be no night there, and there, and they need no candle, neither light of the sun, for the Lord God giveth them light, and the light shall reign forever and ever. Mm -hmm. And he said unto them, These sayings are faithful and true. And the Lord God of the Holy Prophet sent his angel to show unto his servants the things which must shortly be done. Behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keepeth the sayings of the prophecy of this book. And I, John, saw those things and had them. And when I had had the, when I had had and seen, I fell down to worship before the feet of the angel. Which showed me these things. Then said he unto me, See thou, do it not, for I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren the prophets, and of them which keep the sayings of this book, worship God. And he said unto me, Seal not this thing, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. He said, he, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still, and he which is filthy, let him be filthy still, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still, and he that is holy, let him be holy still. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are 
Blessed are they that do this commandment, that they may have right to the tree of life. So first, what's the, what's the commandment? The, the first commandment is love the Lord your God. Okay, so love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, blessed are those who do this commandment. So, the people who are not doing the commandment, what's going to happen to them? Let's go further. Okay. And many enter so in That they may gates. have the right to. So, read from verse 14 again. Okay. Blessed are, blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life. And may enter in through the gates into the city. For without for without our dogs. Okay, but outside are dogs. And sorcerers, and warmongers, and murderers, and idolaters. Yes, yes, sexually immoral. Mm -hmm. And idolaters, yes. And whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. Okay, see, idolaters means people who have made other things idol. Money, people. When we were bitter with people, they are idol. And it's saying here that idolaters will be outside. Okay? Okay? Verse 16. And people who practice a lie. Yes. I have, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you the things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and morning star. The, and the spirit, and the spirit, and the bright say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come. And let him that is attest come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Praise God, you can stop there now. And so, you could see here why your dream, you are seeing that happen. Because when we are unforgiving, and when we start cutting people out of our lives, and all of that, and we say, yes, I'm forgiving, you just go, God say, I forgive. But there's no fruit to show you are forgiving. The fruit is relationship. God is about relationship. Because you have something to give your family. They have something to give you. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when you cut off, what then happens is that there's no more interaction. So you see this dream you had, where all the lions and everything, they see you, they are afraid and whatever. They are supposed to come to you and become humble. You get the point I'm making? And then begin to reflect God and become what God has called them to do. So when we don't follow the out instruction of God, we have disobeyed God's instruction to obey Him. So when messengers come and say, this is the assignment, this is the assignment, say, sorry, I'm not doing it. He said, God says, to obey is better than sacrifice. You can come and be fasting day and night, as long as you are not taking your leg and starting something. <laughs> that is sacrifice. There's no obedience. And in, um, in um, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 16, it says, if you, are, uh, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the fruit of the world. But most of the time, we are looking at fruit, money, but fruit, <laughs> human being, which are supposed to be for the kingdom of God, you can't get them because you are not being obedient to whatever it is that God has told you. Okay. So, do you bless God? Are you thankful for coming to pray? <laughs> so, may His name be glorified. So, I'm going to pray with you. An activation prayer. What's an activation prayer? Most of the time, the word of prophecy goes out. Ah, God wants you to do this. God wants you to do that. And you are just floating. You are not activated. <clears throat> if you read First Timothy or Second Timothy, Paul says, stay up the gift that was given to you when they laid hand of the hand. Stay it up. Start doing what you need to do. Stay it up. 
gift has been impacted or he has stayed off. So activating his staring and getting up every morning and say, Lord, I want to start this. Show me somewhere where I can do this today. Before close of the day. Show me. You are speaking to him. It's right inside of you. It's not in heaven. It's right there. The spirit is inside of you. So he hears your thoughts. And then begin to walk. And then before close of the day, except there's no God. Except there's no spirit. We are just reading to you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we activate the ministry of love upon blessing. Today, in the name of Jesus. So, you get up tomorrow morning, Father, activate the gift of love upon my life. In the name of Every day you pray that prayer, you activate it. You are staring it up. So, the whole day you have consciousness of the assignment. Not that you go into your office and then you forget about it. <laughs> Everything you do is going to be colored with that. You are conscious because you, you are activating everything. So I'm joining out with you and I'm activating that. And so hold my hand. Father, we just want to thank you. We give you praise. We give you glory. I raise my hand up to heaven, making supernatural connection with your throne room in the spiritual realm. By the authority in the name of Jesus, by the blood of the everlasting covenant, the blood of Jesus Christ, we activate blessing today to begin to manifest the gift of love in the name of the ministry of love, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, angels of the living God, help her now. Holy Spirit, equip her to begin to do everything she needs. The staying power, the desire to study, the illumination that they need, grant unto her now in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, the road will be as clear as the noonday sun in the name of Jesus. Just like today is the 5th day of January 2024. Let it be known to her that when she starts, she knows this is the assignment, nothing else in the name of Jesus. And it will come easy. Because your word says your body is your work is easy and the body is light. It will be easy to be light because you will grant her grace. Because she is willing. Because she is humble. And because she is obedient. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. So, so I'm going to uh, save this now and then transfer it to you. <laughs> this is your message. We've done one hour, two minutes. Exactly. Uh, today is the uh, 6th of uh, January 2024, and uh, let's discuss it now. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you. We give you all the praise and honor for all that you are to us in the mighty name of Jesus. As we uh, reflect on wisdom and understanding for living, we ask the Spirit of the Living God that you take charge and ask that you lead and direct us and inspire us. We ask that our spiritual that your gift, the spirit of the gift of the spirit, be activated in discerning, in counseling, in, uh, in responding to questions the way it needs to be responded, the way you will respond to them in Jesus' name. At the end, all glory, honor, adoration is yours, and blessings are ours in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, before you came, we were, uh, was it yesterday on the fifth? Yes. So, I said that. Uh, wisdom and understanding. There's there's wisdom for living. There's understanding that um, without which you are going to have problems. So that we don't have a problem. The problem we have is a wisdom and understanding problem. Let me give you an example. Uh, we looked through several yesterday. Um, we looked at. Um, I'm just uh, introducing one. For instance, health. 
people have health challenges. But guess what? You know that the trees are for the healing of the nations. Do you know that there's no sickness that plants cannot heal? There's no sickness that plants cannot heal. <laughs> God has put healing in the plants and the trees. That's what he did. The issue is identifying which one. And then also, exercise. They tell you, you're exercising at least every morning. Go out. You clean the house. Maybe you have an AC car. You get into the car, AC. Sit down the whole day in the office, AC. Come back home, AC. Go to bed, AC. Get up there. You force it now. Our forefathers were not living like that. So if you develop sickness, it's your problem because you've not applied wisdom. And because God created the earth with wisdom and understanding all the furnishings, everything God is. But if you want to address issues in life, you have to apply wisdom. Then understanding, and this is the definition I didn't give you yesterday, understanding is having the motive and the mind of God concerning the matter. For you it might be different, for me it might be different. But having an understanding of why God says, don't do it this way, or do it this way, is based from Him. He has that. So for you to be able to get into Him and pick that up, that is understanding. That's why it says, get wisdom. And with all you're getting, get understanding. Okay? So, you can decide to descend. So, when we were discussing earlier, I was telling him that there's something uh, 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 Solomon lacked. Solomon lacked understanding. Because Solomon would have understood that keeping 1,000 women in the house and sleeping with all of them merges your soul with them. And there's no way they are not going to influence you. First, and then secondly, he went, there were clear, <coughs> clear instructions in the word of God. Don't go to marry from Egypt. He went and the first, one of his first wife was Egyptian, and he built a beautiful building for, for her. In fact, like Sons of Solomon was an African woman. If you read through it, you understand. But essentially, what am I saying? That he did not apply the understanding of God concerning the issues of life, especially with the area, because what caused him to miss the man was the woman that he took. Okay? So, and, um, so he was saying that, no, Solomon had understanding that his disobedience. I said, well, the issue of disobedience is this. Let me just read what, what, we, what we chatted so that you follow up, then we can ride off from there because it also has to do with love and the story of love. Why are people not loving? Why is it that it's not unconditional? So uh, we looked at this. Uh, Elisha. Seen it, I've just seen you. Okay. Yeah, there is it. And so, so he says, uh, Sir, please, just an observation about what you said. Solomon has wisdom but don't have understanding. I went back to uh, take a look and found out that God has given him 1 Kings 3.12. says, Behold, I have I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise and understanding heart. So that there has okay, there has not been anyone like you before you. Not nor shall any like you arise after you. So I think that that's not the problem that uh, leads him to his downfall. 
The problem is because he did not follow God's uh, commandments. So verse 14 of that same first King 3 says, So if you walk in my ways to keep my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. Uh, now Solomon died at the age of 55, but that was not God's plan for him. But just as Deuteronomy 13, 19 says, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. So he chose his path by not obeying, not lack of understanding. Thank you so much, sir. So this is what you've just done is a very good thing you've done. The Berean Christians, every time they are told something, they go back into the scripture and come back. So, and if you notice when Paul was also going around, he had, he had this discussion with the Corinthians and the Ephesians and all of that. And it goes back to the world and come back. So now I now responded. I said, thank you, Elijah, for the clarification. Are there things God has given us 100% uh, in the realm of the spirit that has not manifested in the physical? It is one thing for God to say something or have plans, great plans for us. It is another thing for us to accept, uh, to accept them. Travel passionately until the manifest. Let's forget Solomon a second. What caused people to disobey God? So there's a disobedience. So if we focus on disobedience, what really is it? What's really causing people to disobey God? That's the because you said it's disobedience. So let's go back. What causes people to disobey God? And so we go on. What causes people to disobey God? For instance, God said, Love your enemies. Like yesterday, we discussed that, right? Love your enemies. They would, uh, sorry, God said, Love your enemies. They would not. In fact, some try and give up. God said, Pray for your enemies. Why? And then I went on to say, Check this out. Luke 23 34. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. So how can somebody, the Pharisees and Sadducees, bundle Jesus, planned everything, did everything they needed to do, and went and hang him, and Jesus said they didn't know what they were doing. And I went down to say, are you saying the teachers of the Lord did not know what they are doing? What is Satan who went all the way to kill Jesus? What was lacking in these two group of people? So I now brought out uh, uh, verse um, First uh, Corinthians 2 8. None of the rulers of this age or world perceived and recognized and understood this. For if they had, they would never have crucified the Lord of Lords. Yes, the word understanding pushed it here. Okay? And Jesus will say, This Pharisees and Sadducees, they don't understand. So, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they are doing. If they understood, they would never have crucified. So disobedience, when people disobey things, that's the fruit we see. That's fruit, right? Disobedience is fruit. But what is motivating disobedience? You have to go back together. Okay? So sometimes it's ignorance. But more importantly, they don't know the intent of God, which is the getting... Uh, getting wisdom and with all you're getting, getting understanding means getting the mind of God why God wanted Jesus to be crucified. And what's, what destruction was going to cause, if Satan understood that, he wouldn't have tampered. Then, where we, I explained to her, can you still recall what I told you about loving your enemy and whatever? Because I asked him, but he didn't give me, so he, he mentioned. Uh, 
I think one of the things you said here is that God said pray for your enemies because sometimes they are the one to push us up to fulfill God's purpose, right? For instance, Joseph, see what he said in Genesis. He said, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day. So, uh, to have some people. So that is, okay. Okay, so this is what your response. But I gave a response to her yesterday. So what was the response I gave about loving your enemies? If we don't love them, we make them idols mm-hmm. in our life. Did you say that? And then you they break will not this. occupy a place that God's supposed to occupy because you know you always be thinking of them. You always be you just, so those things they did will always be crossing your mind. And whenever you see them, you want to. <laughs> <laughs> they become idols, and that is you are breaking the first commandment, the first one. Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then you now go and put Pastor Lagwaja on the side. <laughs> or put somebody. In fact, even when you love your pastor so much beyond God, you've made that pastor an idol. So that idolship does not necessarily have to be something bad. Making money is good, but you can make money an idol. Where Money is in your hand. God gave you the money. Now you are running your life because there's money in the bank. You want to travel? Ticket. You want to be, oh, build house? You want to you ease God out of the whole equation. So money has become an idol. And guess what? Because God is a jealous God, He can kill that. Secondly, is helping people. You get up. Somebody say, "I need help. I need help." Well, no problem. It's God said we should help. Boom, you give. And this person is on a mission field. God said he shouldn't go. And you keep pumping money there. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen? He will shut down your supply. He said you are playing God in the life of this. Both are doing good things. Honoring God. So it's understanding the mind of God concerning matters. It might not be the same for like you helping somebody here. This person is supposed to be there. Where he is. But you didn't take consult. You didn't ask God before you give the whatever. You don't have clue. Only God understands that. I'll speak that again. Let me repeat that again. Two scenarios. Two missionaries. They need help. One is in Kotonou. The other one is in Cameroon. They call you and say they need money for XYZ. God has told one to take off and leave and go to another mission field. He says... Far, 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 far. This is a better place. I've done so much work here. Where I sow, I must reap. So let me just stay there and reap the reward of my whatever. So he he has a need. He calls you. Who has no clue, no understanding concerning the mind of God, concerning this man of God. Meanwhile, God gave you the money. It's, It's not your money. You are a custodian. You are a steward. So the first thing is that in understanding resource allocation, first and foremost, you need to understand that whatever you have, from the perspective of understanding, you are a custodian. You don't. You are a steward. You don't own it. Concerning the matter of children, you are a steward. You are a custodian. You are not the owner of those children. But if you, the day you get up and say you understand, you'll be taking decision in disobeying God contrary to the plans God has for those children or contrary to the plan God has for the resource he has given into your hand. So you take money, 100,000, you take. Then this one, God wants that one there. You take and you give. 
both of, both of those scenarios, you have committed an offense against God. Because you didn't go back to God and say, God, there are these two people. Which one do I give? Holy Spirit, which one? Holy Spirit knows, have an understanding of the mind of God concerning those two people. Yes. <laughs> in a situation wherever you ask mm. and the answer is not coming as urgent as you want. That is safe. And also, the people are on your neck. Yeah, so that is the, the, the aspect of wisdom. You, you see it as a problem. That's why I said it's a wisdom problem and I'll explain to you why it's a wisdom problem and how that can be handled. Now, so you go and locate the resource and they go. Then the next minute, the Holy Spirit gets grief because you are disobeying God. You've disobeyed God because you didn't understand. And to you, it's not even, it's not, it's not to disobedience. You are doing God's work. Mm. And then you find out your supply is shutting down. And like, I've been doing your work, doing everything. What's going on? One of the things that God said he used to, before, this concerning my movement in the UK, we had 23 mission organizations who were sending money. In fact, some of them, if they don't get their money on social day, they will call us <laughs> to let us know. <laughs> you know. And when these resource dried up, one of the reasons God said resource, you weren't consulting with me before you sent the funds out. Some of them, when they are big, I give more. When they are small, I give less. And if I ask God, he will tell me. The, folks, the fact of the matter is because we don't, we don't communicate, we've not learned how God communicates, which is a wisdom issue. This is where equipping comes from. I've written books on how to speak to God one-on-one and hear God. So if you don't hear, if you don't say hear anything, the body of Christ, look, um, uh, blessed at Elisha, I've mentioned to Elisha before, it is an abnormal, it is a, it is a bad thing. For one to be born again five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, not one day he has not heard from God. The God that created him. That means there's a, a wisdom issue. And God says he will allow us to, to perish because of lack of knowledge. He says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And because you have rejected knowledge, what do I do? I would do what? I would... Uh, What's the word to the children? I've rejected your children. So it means that if he's rejecting your children, he has already rejected you. Why? Because of knowledge. That's why Jesus said, go and make disciples. Disciple is equipping with knowledge so that they can go out and implement. That's what the fivefold ministry is supposed to do. Knowledge impacted. Knowledge on the field. Things that I see, things that work with God, things that doesn't work. Like we are talking about understanding now. People disobey because they don't have understanding. They don't have the mind of God concerning his intent. And why is saying don't touch? Why is it that fruit don't touch? He didn't, it's not that he didn't want them to eat that fruit. That is from understanding. You now realize that God was creating boundaries. In life, there must be boundaries. And they didn't fall because they ate the fruit. They fell, they got naked because they disobeyed an instruction from God. That's why they became naked. Then overnight, the spiritual person became a fleshy person. No more movement, spiritual travel. No more hearing from a father. You can sit down here when we're in the Garden of Eden. You can hear from Kaduna what they are discussing in Kaduna. 
You can talk to animals, they will talk back to you, understand? You can talk to trees, you can talk to plants, they will talk back to you, understand? We lost all of that. So that spiritual sensitivity was taken because we disobeyed. Not because, because we disobeyed an instruction. The instruction is don't touch. It doesn't matter whether it's sand on the floor. Do you understand what I'm saying? And secondly, that the fact that knowledge on good and evil does not mean they didn't have knowledge of good and evil. Satan is a, is his father, is a father of lies. And because he's a father of lies, he will tell you what you already have. He tells you you don't have. He tells you your husband doesn't love you. Your husband loves you. And he will give you all the proof on the earth that your husband doesn't love you. Meanwhile, sincerely, that husband loves you. And then Katakata starts in the house. So most of the time, because he's a father of life, he's a master of uh, manipulator. So he came back and said, this is what they told you to. The reason they told you is you don't have knowledge of good. Because he wanted a seed of rebellion to enter the humankind. That was it. So what I just told you now is an understanding of what took place in the garden. But if you if you look at it, ah, man disobeyed God. That's why God chased him. But how can God put something there? I know they were going to be tempted. Why did he go and do that? If you don't have understanding, you won't understand what went on. And we'll keep on disobeying God. So what I did was that God... To get an understanding, it requires the Holy Spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is there to lead us into all truth that is in the mind of God. Because you are not going to get all the answer from the Bible. Because the situation is very. So I asked, I said, Holy Spirit, one of my 40 days first, Holy Spirit, why is it that you say we should pray for our enemies? This person have done, why did Jesus pray for enemies? Why should I pray for my enemies? It didn't come like immediately. But he came. He said, when you hate, you, when you are, you, when you, you, you make people, I, sorry, when you, 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 you are praying for your enemy, you've made that enemy an idol. Day and night you are thinking evil about, every day the evil is increasing. That's why he said, he who hates his brother is a murderer. So you now create what they call a dark force around you. Then in the night, the enemy comes and sees the dark force. Use it as justification to attack the people that you are bitter again. And then you get up and say, ah, nemesis, maybe sickness catch up, maybe accident. And you've been praying. You don't like your sister. Something happens to her. Eh, eh, that wicked girl. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are a contributor. So you say, he who hates his brother, what was? is a murderer. Because you've given occasion to the enemy to attack that person. I'll give you an example. See, everything I'm telling you I've experienced is life. I was when my first, um, this is my second marriage. So, I'm in 20, 23rd year now into the second marriage. The first marriage, we were classmates overseas. And so, we were competing in class. She would take first, white lady, I'll take first. Next week, Tess, I'll take first. So, we began to collaborate. The next, we say, okay. I think this thing we have to get married. <laughs> so we carry the competition home. <laughs> Before we know what's happening, she wants to go clubbing on Sunday. And what the lifestyle we're living overseas when we came to Nigeria. I said, no, it's not possible. So contention. She said, okay, she's no longer in love anymore. She's going back. And so she left. So I have to look, start looking for another wife. I had my house all furnished. I was earning from the Canadian firm, blah, 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 and all of that. And so I started praying intensely that God, I can't marry a woman that will take off the next day. I can't avoid, afford another divorce. <laughs> I need somebody that 
you have assigned somebody that you in your in the womb you have assigned to me that work with me the purpose for which you have called me. Somebody that when they say let's go to Kotunu, she will say, uh, my brother, <laughs> it's you God called or he didn't call me. <laughs> okay. So I went into prayer. So there was a lady we were praying with in the I don't want anybody laughing. There was a lady we were praying with in the group. <laughs> There was a lady we were praying with in the group. So we, we had, used to have every Saturday, we used to move from house. So there was one of the pastors that used to organize that. So we prayed. There was no mobile phone at the time. Hello? Yes. Recording going on. Recording. We are recording. Okay, okay. 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 So, so we were... We were so we began so the group now started praying Monday needs wife so prayer started so one of the ladies <laughs> now began to pray she'll come and say she had a dream and in the dream that there's my wife is actually at the door but I'm not seeing the wife <laughs> you know that I would look through the key I didn't I'm not seeing the wife whether the wife was available but I'm not seeing the wife she will fast we will fast the group will fast and that she'll come and write out then. In the period when I, before this whole incident started, I started fasting. I went into three days, seven days fast, asking God to show me who my wife is. And what God does is there was a prophetess. She prophetess calls me and said, the wife you are going to marry, when you see her, she looks like your sister. Carbon copy. Hmm. And she's still young and she's in school. So my sibling also started looking for wife all over Nigeria. <laughs> So from Lagos, I would take off and go to Kano to go and check up a lady, maybe in the university or somewhere. Maybe Usari, I would go and check him. God there said, no, this is not the one. And I prayed, Lord, if this is not the one, I don't want to even see her. So the seventh one, there were six of them, the seventh one. Hmm. <laughs> you have been searching, you have been searching. <laughs> the seventh one. Look, in concerning marriage, God has the wife for you. If you go and jump and marry anyone, you will just carry Bese on your head. Honestly, God is a master planner. He doesn't do anything before. He said Jesus was crucified before the foundation of the earth. There's nothing that God has not planned. But was he in the spirit realm? In the spirit realm, yes. You see, in the spirit realm, there's no time, there's no space. They don't have time. They don't, they don't calculate time. There's no season. <laughs> there's no season. Then. Okay? It, bam! That's it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> what did I say? I said, if you go and take a wife and say, hey, I need to marry God. I need to settle. <laughs> Get into the womb of the spirit and download the woman down. That's what happened in my own case. They downloaded and said, this is a person. And it triggered what my prayer and fasting triggered God to go to somebody and tell the person. Because he knows that I might get confused. Especially when it comes to emotional stuff. <laughs> That's why we need the body of Christ. That's why the, the gift of the, uh, the eyes, we need the eyes. People who are kitted with the eyes, spiritual eyes. Everybody should see, but there are people who are just eyes. That's their office. There are people who are ears. There are people who are heart. They love. Like you now, it's hard to love out. Okay? There are people who are legs. They run. Evangelists fall into that category. <laughs> so, evangelists say, where do you go? Where do you go? Where do you go? Um, 
angel, evangelist Philip, she had, I think, three or four prophets, her daughters. Yes. So by the time they sit down and pray, what mission feed do we go today? The daughter will say, we need to go to Kotonu. With the eyes, she said, what to say? What evangelist Philip will stay for days praying? The daughter will just wake up and snore and then open and say, the next place we need to go is this. It's grace. It's an office. That's why they called him prophet. He had this number of prophet. Because God understood that evangelists with legs need eyes. So he keeps lights around. When they were sat down, were praying and praying and praying, uh, they said the Holy Spirit uh, came and said, separate me, Paul and Silas. He's the one that can tell a team who can work together. You can't work with everybody. Say, oh, are you burning? Can we go together to the mission? Have you prayed to download to find out who you, who you should be going to the field with? So if God is so particular about even telling you who is your mission team to the tree, how do you think he won't think, tell you who is your life partner? Whose decisions and crises and whatever can impact the assignment that they are giving for the kingdom, that kingdom come and will be done on earth. Because every family is a kingdom, is a, is a kingdom of God on earth. So we are calling forth your kingdom, your rule. The children you have, you have to get into prayer and find out what assignment you have for this in the womb of the spirit. I need to know. So that when I send them to school, I'm just going to push them anywhere. When they are asking for a career, at least I can give them some sort of guidance. And when he said, train up a child in the way that he should go, when he grows up, he will not depart from it. Most of the time, we are thinking, don't steal, don't do this, don't do that. Train up a child in the way that he should go. That is the download. You have a download of the blueprint of that child. So you can train that child in the direction that the Spirit has given you. My entire children, is all of us are part of the assignment. So I should train them. I should train them to be able to hear, to discern, to be able to do this. The things I'm talking about now, I talk to them all the time. So that when I'm withdrawn, they will carry the race. God doesn't plan in 100 years. He plans generationally because 1,000 years for God is like one day. So people see, people disobey. People disobey for lack of understanding. If Adam and if Eve knew that he already had knowledge of good and evil, he wouldn't have been tempted with that. He didn't have an understanding of why God put boundaries. God has, God puts up boundaries every time. Look at the Ten Commandments. We're in Ten Commandments. Boundaries. Relationships need boundaries. God is a God of relationship. Jesus says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That's boundary. Your soul, your mind, everything. Focus me on number one. Number two, love your neighbor as yourself. And most importantly, the way I know your mind is a fruit means that how you love other people. I'll be checking it out to see whether you really love me. Because I created those people. They are all wicked. They are ugly. They are insulting. They hate you. I'm watching to see how you love them. Because I love them too. Even when they were doing the wrong thing, I love them. I want you to be me on earth. So am I communicating here? Uh-huh. So that is that is that. So does that give you an understanding? So we sin, we do things that are wrong. And so most of the time, the things we do are not wrong things. When I say wrong thing, like supporting people. And I give you an example. Uh, what's his name? Moses. Moses. People, uh, people are complaining there's no water. Okay, I'm going to stand by the rock, hit the rock. That's the womb of the spirit. Water came out. The next time, Moses, I'm going to stand by the rock. 
talk to the rock. Okay? Uh, blessing. He went and wiped God properly. <laughs> Water came out. Everybody drank. It's not a good thing. What started? And when he did the wrong thing, look at what God said. It wasn't the fact that he hit. He said, you dishonored me before these rebellious children. Hmm. Why wouldn't I dishonor you? Rebellious people, I shouldn't know. It should be a normal thing now. So why is he so interested about rebellious people? That stopped this guy from getting to the promise. He didn't understand why God did that. If people would say, ah, they told him that he went and hit. No, he dishonored God. David went and slept with Bathsheba and killed the husband. He said, I forgive you. But what you did, eh, you've given the occasion to the enemy to blaspheme. That is the, that is the understanding of why God had to start allowing the enemy deal with David's house. You're giving occasion to the enemy to blaspheme. I didn't tell you this story, and, and I don't think I've told you. When I, I did the first nation, I told you I went around, right? Yes, now, I did the nationwide travel. It was temptations all the way, all the way. So I got to Oka. I got to, what I was doing was that, like I was covering four states, three states, four states, three states, four states, three states, sometimes two states, especially depending on the distance between the two. So I got to Oka in the evening. And most of the time, the hotel I say, I make sure I drop the book in all the hotels because I know people will come in and they can pick it up so that the message can go further. Mm. So I go to the hotel, very big hotel. I told I gave her, how many rooms do you have? So I calculated, I got it out of the car and gave to her. I said, told her animation and whatever, whatever. Light in complexion, beautiful girl. She said, oh, she's a, a student in the university. So she's uh, helping out, whatever. No problem. I went into my room, exactly 12 midnight, blessing. This lady shows up at the door and says she, she wants me. I looked up, I looked around. I said, do you know I'm a man of God? <laughs> he said he does that with men of God that come here. <laughs> now, what, what am I talking about? So I asked the Holy Spirit, how do I respond to this? Immediately, what came to me? You gave the occasion to the enemy to bless you. So I immediately searched the water. I told the guy, I said, sit down. You know what? You are so beautiful. You know? Without thinking, I'll just sleep with you now. Of course, I'm married, but without, I mean, he said, is it because of my wife? I said, no, not because of my wife. No, 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 no. I now opened, I said, I told her the story of the shepherd hotel, and I opened to the place. You gave the occasion to the enemy. You see, if I sleep with you now, eh, now it will be done. But God will start telling Devil is telling God. Now look at him. The one going around telling people about revival. Look at what he did in Oka. So I will not do it. So she left. In the morning, she knocked and said, Thank you so much. You made a profound influence on my life. I don't know with that there was no contact, there was no discipleship, but I continued my journey. So we disobey because we have no understanding. If he says, thou shalt not commit adultery, okay, get behind this veil and ask her, why is it that I should not commit adultery? Don't touch the food. 
what is the reason why you are saying we shouldn't touch this fruit? They are all the fruit you tell us to eat. But what is the reason? God will tell us. He's willing to lead us into all truth. So before we do anything bad, we should get behind the veil. If we are tempted, let's get behind the veil. Immediately, ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is here. It's right here. Holy Spirit, I'm tempted about it. Why is it that God said we should not do this? Another example just came to me now uh, from the scripture because I've given my personal life, but let me give you an example of David. David was had opportunity to kill Saul. Mm. You remember? Yes. Huh. David had opportunity to kill Saul. He said he cannot touch the Lord's anointed. Mm. That is an understanding from another. So it's not about who. It's about what was on top of the person. Did uh, so act like an anointed person. But he said because he was carrying something. Who is that? He was honoring God in the life of Saul. I can't touch you. I can't touch you. They prayed. Everybody say, kill him. This is your enemy. Deal with him. <laughs> he didn't. You know? Or people will go around sleeping with other people. Sleeping with women and whatever. Everybody has his demon. <laughs> and when you, you merge, you, 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 sign, you go into covenant. It's a covenant. So you tie up, you go keep signing invisible contracts. You've done 30 day fast, 20 day fast. Then you go, one minute, one, eat pepper soup. And <laughs> sign another basic. <laughs> Take another 40 years to, to 40 days, 40 years to unravel that. Hmm. Is that worth it? It's not worth it. You know? So that's that's that. So um, when Jesus was tempted, sorry, when Jesus came to the garden of Gethsemane and he was praying, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup pass. But not my will, but your will be done. Understanding that the will of God is paramount. You can't shake, shake it. It's like, say whatever he sees his father doing, that's what he does. So you don't see Jesus doing anything that his father is not doing. So this is the assignment. If it's possible, let it go, but not my will. So he didn't superimpose his will over the father's will. Because he understood that the father is uppermost. So I think that's... that's uh, that's, I don't know if there's any. So I also asked if there are questions that you wanted to <clears throat> wanted to ask based on our discussion yesterday. Maybe some insight. Uh, there was some assignments I gave about scripture. I don't know if you started that praying for your seeds and all the others. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Okay. All right. Okay. So I don't know if there's any other. But there's an assignment we gave you. Me? Yes. You think I forgot it? <laughs> <laughs> You were supposed to come back to us, Highness. You remember the third no, question? You said it was yesterday, now, and that yesterday has passed already. <laughs> <laughs> it was yesterday, I was supposed to do it. Now. You think it's university campus we are in I told you that God's school, eh? You don't come there and say, This boy passed very well in form two. Can you just jump one class and go to the next? <laughs> 
You know, what I said was that, look, you brought one question, we addressed, and we followed the process, right? Yeah. And I also mentioned to her that if you're giving the assignment for love, download all the scriptures on love. Okay, okay. Okay, well, because where you are standing. But the other room, mm -hmm. there's network. Uh, okay, what you should do is that's why you see me go out sometimes. Okay. Once you go there, you just go uh, love in scripture, and if you come, then you take a note and just write and go back. <laughs> okay. So he, he was confused about the assignment, so I said. The first let's start for foundation. Mm. The whole Bible gets all the scriptures. Write all of that. Then start meditating. One scripture you can meditate for one week for six months. <laughs> Until you gain clarity through the Holy Spirit, you don't move to the next. Or if you've done don't if not done justice to it, then you move to the next, you move to the next, you move to the next. But more importantly, you don't need uh, you don't need uh, MTN. Are you on MTN? You don't need MTN to start praying for your sis. <laughs> no, no, today I came. That's what Okay, okay. I've been on it. Okay, because, because that was part I've, of it. I've learned that when coming for a retreat, that you have to purge yourself first. Yes, yes. Before you enter the men. That's it. And then when you leave the opportunity, just take the phone and say, Hello, how happy new year. I didn't call you. How, sis, how are you doing? As if nothing happened. Is no, we've been communicating. So oh, I see. We've been communicating. Just like that. She's married now. Yes. She's married. Okay. We communicate. But, but they still, they feel. That time. Yes. There's no time like that to visit. Yes. You know, with the distance. Okay. So, do you remember the assignment now? Yeah, I asked you about giants. Yes. And I told you to go and do it. Feeding yeah. the, pro the process with the first question, second yeah. question, they tell because. If I leave here, you are still going to have questions. And I want you to develop a template that you can follow. And then tomorrow, somebody might come and ask a question again. That's what we call discipleship. You follow that template yeah. and you're able to answer. So that every question, you don't come to me. So if I do first one and I do second one, the third one, you should do it. That's why I said. So I waited. Yesterday, I, I remember I didn't say anything. You know, today. So today, I said, I'm going to call you. To, why? To I, I did it since that day before yesterday. Okay. Um, so how many scriptures were you able to get? And I explained that my my children, they don't like coming to me for like when they have questions in from school. They said, "Daddy would get you to do all the work, but mommy will download everything to them." <laughs> I will show them the first one. I will show them the second one, the third one. I say, "Oh yeah." <laughs> okay, there are eleven verses about the giants. Okay, they are only in four books. Okay. The first mention. Yes. The first mention was. The first mention was in Genesis six. Genesis six. Yes. Uh -huh. One to four. Okay. So what did they say there? What was the word? Genesis six one to four. Because it was asking question about giant. Okay. And that also can help you because tomorrow somebody was saying, I don't know. People keep telling me that my assignment is widows, widows. I don't. I don't understand widows. What is what am I? What am I going to do with widows? <laughs> Then you tell them, let them go and check everywhere in the Bible where there is widow. That's your foundation. Then you now understand the mind of God and give an understanding because you need understanding to put value on something. 
So the scripture gives you that understanding. If you open up yourself, the spirit, when you start asking why, why God did this or why God did that, the Holy Spirit can now give understanding why God said this has to be, to be this or that. Okay. Now it came to pass, Genesis 6, 1 to 4. It came to pass when men began, began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were beautiful, and they took wives from themselves to all whom they chose. Three, and the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with men forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. Then the forces, there were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they were, and they born children to them, those were the mighty men who were of old men to renown. Okay, okay. So this is the first point. So what, from what you read now, what do you think? How did giant begin to appear? Sons of God. Yes. As the giants. Yes. I believe God created them for an assignment. But when they came for the assignment, they were distracted by the daughters of men. Yes. And then, and giants are, uh, angels are huge. Yes. So they now sleep with, uh, what's the word? With uh, daughters of men. And they start giving birth to their like kind. That's how giants. So it was angels that were sleeping with the daughters of yes, God. Yes, that's the sons of God. Yes. So those angels are the worst <laughs> angel or the one that they followed the fallen ones. The fallen ones. The fallen angels. The fallen angels. Because uh, they are from estimate, if you look at Revelation, they say the number of angels that were created is over a trillion. Yeah. Out of a third of that fell, that is 300 billion angels fell. Some of them fell, they are inside, they see, like marine spirits that we see now, most of them are underground. Some of them are in Euphrates right now, underground. When the lease finishes, they are going to release some of them. Some of them come up in different things, they become monsters, different things. Because when God causes, there are things that follow. So some of them are freelance. They are operating as demon and they are agents for Satan. That's why the madman of Gadara, they said it was a legion. One human being had 12,000 demons. So he said he would tear metal, he would tear that, he would tear himself. He was still naked and all of that. So the devil can actually assign. The devil doesn't know everything, so he has to assign monitoring spirit. Those monitoring spirits follow all around. We can bind them but we need not to have walls that are already where serpent can come in and bite we, you can pray and shut down monitoring eyes in your house you have that authority 
If you don't, they will keep monitoring and giving information to Satan. Oh, it's all. Because it's what you say and yes. do yes. that they see to give information. Correct, correct. But they cannot read your mind. Yes. They, well, it's only God that yes. knows they can. They can project. They project. Yeah. They thought, actually, the communication in the spiritual realm is telepathic. Yes. It means as your thought comes, they pick it up. Angels pick it up. You pick, you send the thought back. They also, they, you understand? So that's another thing that um, people who don't have scriptural references for what they don't have scriptural references for them, they should say. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, the fact that it doesn't read the mind. The mind is a soulish realm. Okay? It's a spiritual dimension. If, you, if I open your heart, heart now, you are not going to see the mind. It's a spiritual dimension. So anything in the spirit is open for everybody to see. Do you understand? So I used to think like that until I, I got an understanding. When I did the spiritual travel to uh, Australia with the angel, because there was, there was a year I do 40 days twice. So because my assignment continues in Oceania, further down Australia, further down. So the Lord said he was going to take me there. But how did he come? I had finished the first 40-day fast between March and uh, April. By August, I started sensing that I needed to go and do another 40. I said, God, what exactly? And it comes by impression. Why 40 days again? What's going on? This is 2021, August 2021, on the 9th. So I went into prayer. About 3 p.m., I went back to sleep. But before I went to sleep, I checked my phone and I saw a WhatsApp message. It was a prophetess in Benin that I had met like a week earlier through another friend of ours who is in Malawi now. And she says, Monday the Lord said you should go into isolation that he's coming to visit you and take you to where he's sending you next to. Because I was praying and asking, what do you want me to do there? What exactly would you want me to do? So he said he was coming. Immediately that was confirmation for me. I went to Miango, rest me. I was there for 40 days. So when he came, so, and I'll be praying every day now that I knew he was coming. I said, I'm waiting for you. This time around, I want to be able to see the spiritual and the physical dimension at the same time. I don't want to be spirit, spirit. You close your eyes, see angel. No. I want to see real time. So I want to be able to, yes, I'm going, let me be able to uh, do that. Before now, I had gone there. The Lord has, in fact, there were these colored people on the queue, long queue. And I was standing in front, and the Lord Jesus came and tapped me and said, Sabbath, work is coming. This was 2020. So 2021, now he said he was going to take me. I began to pray. I wanted to know the specific, what are we doing? So he now used this prophet. I don't know why he didn't tell me. Because he wants communication. <laughs> okay. So this, this person now called. So three days to the 40-day fast. By this time, the, the last three days, I came back home. So three days to the 40-day uh, fast. We hours of the morning, and I don't know why God just loves we hours of the morning. We hours of the morning. <laughs> and now my eyes were open. I was in the room. I could see through the I could see through the, the ceiling. So the I could see the cloud. So the angel was up there. And I see see him. I see him in the cloud. So I now said, I feel calm now to take because I was suspecting. I already knew. And I wasn't opening my mouth. It was talk to talk. Have you come now for us to go for the whatever? I said, yes, I should come out. So I, my wife was on the table, on, on the bed. I jumped through the window, out, and pulled into the air. He was on top, I was beneath. Top speed. 
we're going just through the clouds. Stop speed. It was still the light was beginning to come on. So we're going on and going on. If I get to a point, as we're going, because I made a prayer request, I want to be able to see the spiritual and the physical dimension. As we're going, I was I came back, my wife was still in bed, and I could hear this static statics. Because in the spiritual dimension it's electricity. So I could say, I just finished. Again, I continued, went back to the engine about two, three times that happened to answer my prayer. God answers any prayer. Like my encounter when I the first 40 days, I said to before the fasting fasting end, I want to see you face to face. Three days to the end of the fast. And that became the day I got born again on the second of April, 5 a.m. 2006. So we don't ask God because we don't stretch like we're praying about how do I know who is who? Because we are not asking. We've not developed a rapport. Because when you develop a rapport, out of the many noises, you pick his own straight. You say, my sheep hear my voice. The voice of an alien. But the voice needs to be trained now. It's not, is it the first day you married your husband you recognize when he's in the town talking? But because now, he can be men, my can be talking there. You, oh my God, my husband is outside. Or my, there could be children playing outside. One of your daughter or son can be something happen, cry. You would pick up immediately. That's mine. So the noise, the receiving noise going on there did not affect you identifying your own. That's how it is with the spirit. Most of the things that we do in the physical are mirrors of spiritual. It's just that we tap a lot of things from the spiritual. So we see a lot of, because we are spiritual anyway. Okay, but now the spiritual has come back. The flesh is back, so we are not able to see the way we could not be able to hear the way we but we've not lost that. But with Jesus now, the number of that has come about not by God's will. When God wants to use us, when God wants to move us, He does that. I can't get up in the night and say, I'm flying to Australia now. On the angels, it's let's go. But the demonic entities do that, they leave their mind, body, and travel. Satan is enabling them to do that, which is also still violating God's laws. People have, there was a lady we prayed for in New York. We're on for like five hours on the phone with my wife and this lady in New York. She, a daughter of a missionary, she went to do law, study law in, in the U.S. While she was there, she did a U.S. paper, hooked up with one Indian, these people from the East. They introduced her to all these dead eyes. So they opened her spiritual eyes. She was able, she'll be seeing angels and demons at the same time. She can't sleep. She has to start taking drugs and everything. So we had to walk through her. It wasn't one season. Not all deliverance happened immediately. <laughs> Most of the time, when people go and put their hand in fire, they think that overnight, just in the name of Jesus, everything clears out. You feel the, it, it will be there. Because you're going to open a dimension, shouldn't be opening. So they can travel, they can go anywhere. Because Satan is energizing them. But that is not God's plan. God wants it to be in line with what he wants done. So I, and I think it was you I was talking yesterday that uh, Philip, when Philip finished with it, you know, immediately the angel took him to a, a Yeah, after baptizing, he took him. There was teleport immediately. It wasn't Philip's intention to go there. The spirit knew him. They needed somebody there and they took him there. It wasn't that, oh yeah, let's move. But in the Garden of Eden, we could do that. So that right has been withdrawn until we drop this body and return, Jesus returns, and then we become like angels. 
would not even think. In fact, angels don't ask whether it's a male or female angel. Have you read the Bible where they say male or female? Because it says we are like angels. There's no male or female. You are spiritual being. It's when flesh came on us that said, ah, what do I have? Am I male or female? <laughs> That's why the male and female, they became naked. Because now they are put on flesh. The earth is now on them. So they could see the flesh. They, they, not sure, they had the flesh, but it wasn't priority. It wasn't the main thing. You understand? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It, the covering, like angels don't ask, oh, I saw a naked angel. No. There's a covering, there's a spiritual body. That's more beautiful than this, our own that we're here. We're, we're so we, we, we went and we, then we got to, and this is what I'm saying, all the communication I had with this angel, my mouth never opened. My thought he picked up, his thought is picked Why is he able to do it? Because the spiritual dimension, your mind, I can't bring out this your mind and say, where is the mind? Where is the thinking? No, they are all in the spiritual realm. And anything in the spiritual realm, demon can see, God can see, everybody can see. It's not hidden. That's why people would look at children and say, ah, this one has bright star, has bright star. Wicked people, they will just tell them, no. Because it's visible. The assignment is visible. That's why they could tell the star, the men of the east could tell there was a star born in Israel and follow the star so they, until they got to Jerusalem. So these things are visible. We, 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 have, we put a lot of limit on Satan, that in, which are information that was passed and is deliberate by the kingdom of darkness. They saw certain pastor can come out tell you 199 truths. Just one part error has entered. And that is the most deadly. This is somebody you trust. The best thing dangerous. The devil has taken over 1% of the message and you download it into your spirit. Open your soul and say, this is it. And take it as fact. And then you start running with it. Tomorrow, problem will come up. And you can't validate it. And to tell you how that is, I think I mentioned that before. Peter, by revelation, told that you are the son of the living God. The next minute, when Jesus said he wanted to, that he was going to die, he said, you know, you can't go. He said, get behind me, Satan. There's somebody that just had revelation now. Anointing. How the whole jokers that were there, nobody, it was only him. And it was him the devil now used. So, and I mentioned, I think the first day we spoke, I said, the realm, the dimension between light and darkness is it's so thin, so thin. You can be light now, you pop, you move to the end, and it's like the speed of your thought because you navigate the spiritual realm with your thought. The spiritual realm is your thought. That's why when you are praying, it says faith is a substance. Your thought is a substance of things you are hoping for. Imagination, you don't have it in your heart. You're hoping for the evidence of things you do not see. So you are praying for a child. You need to see the child in your mind. eye. You don't just open your mouth and keep talking. Lord, hey, please give me a child, give me a child. And your mind is wandering all over the world. <laughs> what are you presenting? Call the spirit. Those who come to him must worship him in spirit. And in truth... So you brought, bring something that is validated with scripture, truth. Something that you want from him that is truth. Something that is in the womb of the spirit is truth. The womb of the spirit, there are two things. You want to become doctor, you want to become engineer. In the womb of the spirit, you are an engineer. And then you go into the spirit and go and present image of doctor. That is not truth. 
That is not truth. That is witchcraft. Because you are trying to bend God's hand. And if you keep at it, he will give you. Then you go there and lean this. Okay? So, but what is key is that your understanding is understanding the mind of the spirit concerning any matter. So we landed. So we got there. He said, this way. So we're approaching the place and I saw light in the, in the place. So he said, we should go down. Remember, what is assignment? You are sending me there. What would I be doing? So they now decided to take me there to show me what I would do. So I got there, and this didn't happen. It wasn't, I wasn't eating pandediam and whatever and acting this. <laughs> my tummy was empty. I was <laughs> 40 days minus three. <laughs> okay. So light, 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 uh, whatever. Light. Uh. So we got down, he dropped. I wanted to see his face. After I was turning to look at the face, he was turning. He didn't want me to see the face. And sometimes they do that. They don't want to see their face. So, he said, the main purpose is I've come to show you something. Oh, yeah. That house there is where we are going. It was a wrong place. We entered, and I saw these people. They were Christians, but dressed in black. They were mourning. And there was a dead body on the floor. They also a Christian. And they were saying, we have prayed. God didn't answer us. There was complaint going on. So the angel now tapped me in the back. I said, I should start speaking in tongues. So I began to speak. Immediately I began speaking in tongues. The dead body started shaking. And out of joy and fear, you know. Then he tapped me and said, let's go to the next place. So there was another round building we went in. There were three windows open. One, two, three. And he says, I should be watching. So he stood beside, constantly was behind me. He wasn't in front. When he says, oh, yeah, let's go, he tells me where to go. I go, he's behind me. So let's go, he's behind me. I go. So this tells you also the mirror of how angels accompany. They are usually not in front. They are guardian angels. They guide you. They are guardian. They are behind you. So they tell you. And the Old Testament, they say, you hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. <laughs> Walking. <laughs> so the building was round. So we got it. And he says, I should be watching. Do you know there is what we call Nephilims now? Half human beings, half spirit that are coming into the world now. Yes. now. This place, there are lots of them. How did he show me? So I was watching, it was a street. There were so many people passing. Then I looked closely. I noticed most of the people passing were half human, half spirits. Monsters and human beings. Monsters and human beings. So you see one eye, everything is human. You see another eye, there are whatever spirits. So they were walking that way. Then there was one that came from the opposite. That was huge, black. He was complete beast. Black. So when he came, immediately he got to the center, our eyes jammed. Immediately our eyes, there was commotion on that street. Katakata started. That black one exploded. Immediately exploded. The angel told me, yeah, let's go. We went into the cloud again. Then noise, I was hearing noise. And I asked him, I said, what's this noise? He said, yes, that there's demonic uh, activity here, that I should speak to the noise to quiet it. And I spoke in the name of Jesus, and it quieted now, and I woke up. So he was telling me, where you are going is warfare. <laughs> you are going to open people's eyes who are reading God's word upside down. <laughs> there was the, Before then, I had another dream again. I was in one of the countries there. Within the 2020-2021 window, he was taking me there, the dream or whatever. So I landed, there was a boy, the white guy, and a young boy, the, the, the boy and the dad. 
the boy's hand were like this. They couldn't come down. They were just like this. This is how it worked. It was deformed. The dad's head was like that. He couldn't turn it back. And so when I saw, saw them, I was prompted to embrace the man. So I embraced him, hand stretched out. Then the one that the neck, I also embraced the neck, went back the other way. Then I was led again to a house. This house was, there was a church inside a, a, a residence. And I was hearing people talking inside. There was a woman. And she was talking and I was hearing, as if it's like the program they just had here. I was hearing from outside. And in the spirit realm, you can hear from far, very far. You don't need to be, as I said, in the spiritual dimension. I can be talking here and hearing somebody in New York. That's who we were. When you get into the spiritual dimension. I don't know why I'm telling people because God, there might be assignment. <laughs> okay. So, so I started hearing again, similar to what I heard this last one. When the, the one I, I told you about, the people who were sitting on the dead body. So, he said, oh, that Jesus made them so. I was hearing and I was walking through into the room and I got in my brother. What I saw shocked me. See, the chairs were flat. The chairs were not like this. They were flat. All the chairs were flat. The pulpit was not like this. It was flat. The woman talking was dwarf. That so short that Jesus made them so. Everybody sitting was all dwarf. They were saying, Jesus made us so. I got irritated in the dream and I said, no. <laughs> Jesus. So I, as I was extending my, my hand, the man, the woman preaching extended out, the whole body extended, just went up like that. The ones that were on the floor, immediately everybody became who they were supposed to be. Now, it requires interpreting. There's so much going on from the pulpit that people are buying. They are lies. So you see people who are doing certain things and they say, oh, this is what the Lord said. When did the Lord say it? Look at Mark 16. Mark 16 from verse uh, 14. So um, the, the key point I wanted people to get here, there's no question you can, you ask the spirit that you want to you know, answer. As long as your motive is to honor him, he will answer. Most of the time, the question we ask is not honoring. It's not something that God wants to answer. And let me explain. We might ask questions from unbelief. God will not answer. There was Mary. There was uh, during uh, Jesus. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, Zechariah, the priest. Yes. Two people. Two people ask questions. Mary asks when the angel Michael came. Was it Michael or Gabriel? Gabriel. Angel Gabriel came. The same angel went to two people. He told this one that the spirit of the Lord would come upon you. So he asked, he said, how can this be since I don't know? He says, how can I can it be? And when we speak, God knows from where we are speaking. If it's from the position of unbelief or position of faith. Position of wanting to know genuinely so that you can do what it is that God is telling you to do. They will give you an answer. One person says, why would this be? Zechariah said, how would this be? Because I asked mouth was short. <laughs> because he said it from the root of unbelief. So why people don't hear God is because when they go, they are too casual, number one. Number two, they don't have motive to honor God in that question they're asking. 
in a nutshell, honor his purpose, what he wants accomplished. That's why they don't hear. And if they keep insisting they want to hear, because it's a lie, the devil will come and give them carbon copy. Mm-hmm. And that the Lord has spoken. And they run with it. So, since we've been speaking yesterday, if you look at, in terms of spiritual stature, so what I saw there was not the physical body, was spiritual growth, spiritual maturity. So since we've been here, between the time we started speaking and now, if you notice, in the spiritual dimension, you've grown in the area of the call that God has. So in the, in the spiritual realm, you are growing. So instead of where you came and was like, God, I don't know what this is, you told me, you were like this. Now you know you are growing. The more you go say spiritual maturity, spiritual, do not be like being spiritual maturity. So the people I saw, it's not that they were dwarf. It's not that I was doing one miracle where everybody is giving them the words, just like we are doing right now. And then they are growing. And they grow. And they are like glorifying God. Praise God. Praise God. The ones that were complaining, the dead body. And that's what I wanted to address now in Mark 16. If we go to Mark 16. Mark 16. Verse, uh, from verse uh, 15. Mark 16. Mark chapter 16. From verse, uh, okay, let's go 15. So if you if you look at that, and he said to them, this is the last match, you know, they said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every, every creature. He who believes, and when you re- put the word believe, blessing that belief and is baptized is saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those. Again, mark the word belief. Do you see the belief repeated again? Uh-huh. Means these people who believe, this is what they will be doing. In my name, they will cast out demons. Why is demon number one? Why is demon number one? Can we just pause? These are questions should be asked. Why? Why is demon number one? These are questions that the Holy Spirit likes to answer. Anytime you see something in scripture, you know, it says that the spirit will lead us into all truth. So you ask, why is demon number one? Why not last? Because, because the devil is using them to destroy us. Okay. Okay. Now, the reason why demon is number one is because the purpose Jesus came is to destroy the work of the evil one. Look at First John three eight. First John three eight. He that committed sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Okay, now go to Acts ten thirty eight. Says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, 
who went about doing good and healing all who were possessed by the devil, for God was with him. So, did you see the priority here? Destroying the work of the devil. There was no sickness in the garden, uh, Elijah. There was no death in the garden. We didn't need to die. There were no demons that would enter us in the garden. So Jesus came to destroy what the devil has destroyed from the garden. And so everything they are going to list now is as a result of the Satan. So in preferential order, Satan is the one you deal with first. And then you see the manifestation of why Satan is operating. Sickness is not because it's, it's the fall. It's because of what Satan did. So that's why he mentioned Satan first. He, says, he said number one, and believers is baptized to be saved. But he who does not believe, okay. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons, number one. The next, what did they go? And they speak with new tongues, all right? Then they will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and recover. Sickness is also output of the fall. So, who is responsible? Satan. Why did Jesus come? To destroy the work of the world. So, if he's sending us out, why can't we destroy it? And I told somebody a few days ago, you can be in the church 20 years, 30 years, not one day they cast out any demon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and katakata is going on. <laughs> People and and the demons are even coming to the church. I preach it from pulpits. Mm -hmm. There's no discernment. People are not picking them out. Because they water down and say, if you don't bother the devil, the devil will not bother you. Mm -hmm. That's the kind of way the devil likes to operate. Ignorance. You see truth, it says it's a lie. You see, you see truth says that in the spiritual dimension, everything is open. It tells you that demons cannot read the mind of the people. And people will be preaching and everybody will buy the lie. And tomorrow you thought something and in heaven they are reporting. Look at, look at what she said. Look at what she said. Then the angel comes, wants to communicate with you. He's projecting towards you like, ah, this is demon. God, bind you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> okay? So, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And because we rejected knowledge, he would. And if you look at Matthew 28, uh, Matthew 28, it says that he's sending us to go and make disciples. Mm -hmm. Disciples. Mm -hmm. huh? The many nations. Making disciples is what we are doing right now. When you answer, you answer the question yourself because we don't want to. That's discipleship. Tomorrow, anybody asks you now, you use the format. You won't call me. Hey, how are you? Man of God. Anointed man of God. I have questions. <laughs> I say, I'll tell you, sorry, you are also anointed. You have the Holy Spirit. Call, stop calling me anointed. We are all priests and king. Keep quiet. <laughs> So when you know that, tomorrow if you go out, you won't be carrying yourself like this with big Bible. Wanted man with beard like this. The man who has seen God is coming. <laughs> <laughs> they are all priests and king. Everybody understood that in uh, <laughs> in the new during the mean uh, after the Holy Spirit came and Jesus went. Everybody was priests and king. That's why they didn't mention tithes. Everybody gave like king. They will sell their property and bring to meet needs. Alright? So I think that's, that's that. Why did we digress to this one now? What took us there? We are talking about the spiritual growth. Oh, that's the... Yeah. Okay, okay. The first one was the, that they were saying that Jesus uh, prayed and nothing happened. So you go to churches now, they'll tell you, no, healing is in the olden days, no longer happened. 
Lots of churches do that. And then the churches where miracle and signs are happening is only the pastor. He's not equipping anybody. I hope he doesn't even know how to equip people. And so somebody has headache, pastor, three midnight, pastor. A child of God, a priest and a king cannot pray in the house for the daughter is calling pastor to pray. It's, 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 not, it's not done. It's, it's abnormal. He said believers, he didn't say pastor, he didn't say priest. He said equip, the fivefold is to equip the saints for what? For the work of ministry. What do we do now like there's a healing program? Who are going there Christians? It's wrong. It's Muslims that should be going for healing there so that they will receive God. Healing is for, is for what's it called? For evangelism. Priority to win souls, right? Yeah. It's priority to win souls. But you go there. Everybody's supposed to have it. Yes, everybody's supposed to have it. And go out and touch other people who are not believers. And then they will believe in God. They'll see power. In fact, all Jesus' disciples were going to the field and healing. That's just a sign for us. All of them, including the thief. <laughs> so it's the children's bread. When it's the children's bread, it means it's, it's crumb. It's part of it. It's supposed to be part of the game. It does not show spiritual maturity when you are doing miracle. And now we will put people in the paradise because they are doing miracle. Meanwhile, their life are all messed up. If you look at Matthew 7, he said, didn't I cast this in your name? Didn't I raise the dead? He said, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. I know you not. Because healing does not qualify. It's a gift. It's a gift. Fruit is what God is looking for. Fruit of love. And I told her yesterday, that the whole of the nine fruits are about dealing with difficult people. And we avoid difficult people like play. That's why they say the road that leads to life is very narrow, very few. Nobody wants to do go into long suffering. You're telling me I don't go suffer. I don't go. <laughs> okay. All right. Let us pray. I think let's bring it to a close now so that uh, because it, it might start getting uh, over, over, overload. <laughs> Father God Almighty, we just want to thank you for your faithfulness and uh, for your love and care. We thank you because of what uh, we've studied. We ask Holy Spirit that they've had it one time. Cause it to, to explode within their subconscious and conscious mind a thousand times and more so that they will be able to bring it into fruits that abide in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So I'll say I can transfer it to you. I've uh, just uh, everything I've said here. We've done one hour, fifteen minutes. Okay. Let us pray. I just want to thank you again for the privilege to uh, discuss Holy Spirit. You are the Spirit of Counsel. We ask that you take charge and uh, activate us so that we are in line with your thoughts and your desires and the answers that you want us to give as we discuss and and open up, open up our spirit to receive from you in line. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. I want to ask a question. Can love heal people? Um, okay, love. Can it bring healing? Can it bring healing? To people? Yeah. Okay. I've got uh, I'm going to read a story to you about this is knockout. Yeah, it's on our website. And when I finish reading, then I'll send it so when you have time. Okay, this uh, signal here. This is a story that I published 
Yes, love heals. Um, love heals really faster than anything else. Um, most of the problems we have is because people uh, don't see love. They don't see the kind of love. They feel that they have to be, they have to conform to a pattern or shape before they can be accepted. But they want to be received as they are. So when they see people who receive them as they are, uh, it becomes a different uh, ballgame. I couldn't, uh, let me just go in. The question, can you ask the question again? Can love, heal, can love bring healing to oh. people? Okay. So this is this is a question. So I did um, something before, and this is a story that, um, that uh, okay, let me start the story. It's about, good story, how to stop the pain. It's about how to stop the pain. So I was doing a series on how to stop the pain. Okay, let's go down. Okay. Healing the uh, the healing power of forgiveness. Okay, Detective Landry was gentle as he spoke um, about girl uh, set in the USA. So it's uh, the healing power. So let me just show you the picture. So you can see a lady there holding a mother and holding out their brain. So you see now. Uh, Detective Landry was gentle as he, uh, as he spoke those terrible words. I'm sorry, but your daughter Catherine is dead. She was murdered, stabbed to death. My heart broke. My brain couldn't think. Nothing was real. Surely I would wake to find the nightmare was over. I couldn't let anyone hug me for fear I would break. I couldn't cry for fear someone might hear. With the shower running full blast, I screamed and screamed and screamed. People thought I was fine, but a deep dark rage boiled. All I thought about was revenge for the death of my beloved child. Douglas McKay was arrested, tried, convicted, and sentenced to death. People said once this, once, said, uh, once this villain was executed, I'll be well again. Not knowing any better, I believed them, so I waited and hated. After eight long years of darkness, I, looked, I took my first step toward healing. In a meditation course, I sat quiet at my head and was present. I began taking mother to church. I found not only myself, but the image of God in me. 
I became aware of being a beloved child of God. So here the word, beloved child of God. I saw an interview with a Jewish Holocaust survivor. He forgave not only the German people, but the actual guards who killed his whole family. When I heard his testimony of forgiveness, something in me became clear. I thought perhaps I could forgive the man who murdered Catherine. One evening, a, a friend suggested that I let the murderer know of my intent. I was outraged. No way would I communicate with him. This was between God and me. But as I drove home, I heard a voice, you must forgive him and let him know. The voice was so loud and convincing I didn't sleep. At four in the morning, I found myself typing a letter to the man who murdered Catherine. I can still feel the shivers going down my spine as I closed the mailbox. All the anger, rage, and loss for revenge simply vanished. In his place was the most wonderful feeling of joy and peace. I knew in that holy instant, no one had to be executed for me uh, uh, to be healed. I had been healed by the simple act of offering forgiveness. To my surprise, I received a gentle and kind re reply. Douglas expressed sorrow for his crime, adding that he understood how empty such words might sound. He wrote, Girl, your letter meant more to me than I can ever tell you. The knowledge that I inflicted such terrible pain on you was a body in my heart and so could not bear. Your letter of forgiveness released me of that pain, knowing you were able to deal with Catherine's death and find new source of love and wisdom. Uh, and wisdom gave me ex exquisite pleasure and released my soul's agony. I will gladly give my life this instant, if it would in any way change that terrible night. I realized that the night Catherine lost her life, Douglas lost his future. Okay, so uh, there's a much more detailed, um, because if I go into it, might take longer, so I just read the summarized version. But there, um, the uh, detective laundry of Sherry's office was gentle as he spoke those terrible, I'm just rereading it now, but mm -hmm. more expanded. Um, gentle as he spoke those terrible words to me. My, I'm sorry, but your daughter, Catherine, is dead. Your daughter was mother, stabbed to death. That was September 1980. My heart broke. My brain couldn't think. None of this day was real. Surely I would wake up to find the nightmare over. But deep inside I knew it was real. I couldn't let anyone hug me for fear I would break down. I couldn't cry. Someone might hear me. I took a shower with the water running full blast. I screamed and screamed and screamed. My time of darkness lasted eight years. I had no support during this time and no fit. To survive, I stayed calm and avoided causing problems. I thought I had to be strong to help everyone else. I didn't want to bother my family. I thought they had enough to do to put aside their own pain. For a while, I couldn't drive my car alone because when I was alone, I would cry and couldn't see the road. If you knew me at that time, you may not have seen the dark cloud I carried. You would have thought I was getting along fine. Yet, I found myself isolated. A deep, dark ridge began to boil. All I thought about was revenge for the death of my beloved child. Douglas McKay was arrested, tried, convicted of murder, and sentenced to death in 1982 for killing Catherine. People told me that once this valiant was executed, I would be healed of my pain and all would be well again. Not knowing any better, I thought this was true, so I waited and hated. After eight long years, I began my first step toward healing. I took a course in meditation. I was able to sit quietly, to be quiet in my head, and to present to be present in the moment. I was blessed to be able to live with and care for my ailing mother. I look for ways to help her enjoy the highest level 
quality of life possible. One way was to take her to church. I found a beautiful little church not far from my from her home. There, I found not just myself, but the image of God in me. As I started reading my way through the church bookstore, I came to the awareness that I am a beloved child of God and that God is a loving God. I saw a video at the church in which I got my first glimpse of healing power forgiveness. They interviewed a Jewish Holocaust survivor. He was able to forgive not only the German people, but also the actual guards in the camps who had killed every member of his family. Something in me became clear when I heard this testimony of forgiveness. After many hours of study, prayer, and discussion with others, I thought that perhaps I could forgive the man who murdered Catherine. One evening, I mentioned it in the class, and the church classmate suggested I should let the murderer know of my intent. I was outraged. There was no way I wanted to communicate with him. This was between God and me. I was still feeling out of sorts after class. But as I drove home, I heard a voice within me say, You must forgive him, and you must let him know. The voice was so loud and so convincing that I didn't sleep that night. At four in the morning, I found myself typing a letter to the man who murdered Catherine. Here's my letter, so I wrote it that night. Dear Mr. Mickey, Twelve years ago, I had a beautiful daughter named Catherine. She was a young woman of unusual talents and intelligence. She was slender and her skin glowed with health and vitality. She had long, natural, naturally wavy hair that framed her sparkling eyes and a warm, bright smile. She radiated love and joy. She was raising two milk goats, a German shepherd with a new litter of ten puppies and an Arabian mare. Two months after her 19th birthday, Catherine left her earthly body. I know that Catherine is in a better place than we can ever know here on earth. I did not know that when Catherine died, I knew that I had been robbed of my precious child and that she had been robbed of growing into womanhood and achieving all of her potential. The violent way she left this earth was impossible for me to understand. I was saddened beyond belief and I felt that I would never be completely happy again. And indeed, my loss of Catherine became the point of reference for my entire family. All family history was referenced as happening either before or after Catherine's death. <laughs> I was very angry with you and wanted to see you punished to the limit of the law. You had done irreparable damage to my family and my dreams for the future. For years ago, I started my journey of life. I met wonderful teachers and slowly began to learn about God's, God's self. In the midst of this, I was surprised to find that I could forgive you. This does not mean that I think you are innocent or that you are blameless for what happened. What I learned is this. You are a divine child of God. He's talking to the other person. Mm -hmm. You carry the Holy Spirit within you. You are surrounded by God's love even as you sit in your cell. There is only the goodness of God. So, he's now putting the unconditional love of God. Do not look to me to be a political or social advocate in your behalf. <laughs> the law of the land will determine your fate. Do not waste your last days on earth with remorse and fear. Death, as we know, it's, it is really a new beginning. I hope that this letter will help you face your future. There's only love and good in the world, regardless of how things may appear to you now. I'm willing to write to you or visit you if you wish. I send blessings to you and to your children. The Christ in me sends blessings to the Christ in you. Signed, girl, mother of Catherine. I can still feel the shivers going up and down my spine as I had <laughs> the little click that the hinge of the mailbox made as I dropped this letter. <laughs> she wanted to write, she didn't want to send it anywhere. 
without sound, all the anger, all the rage, all the loss for revenge simply vanished. In his place, I was filled with the most wonderful feeling of joy and peace. I knew in that holy instant, I did not need to have anyone executed for me to be healed. It would not matter if Douglas Mickey responded to my letter. I had received a more profound answer. I had been healed by the simple act of offering forgiveness. However, I did get the letter back. I was amazed at the gentleness and kindness of the writer. Douglas wrote words of gratitude. He expressed sorrow for the crime, adding that he understood how empty such words might sound. He had obviously spent years searching for answers himself. He went on to say, Well, your letter meant more to me than I can ever tell you. The knowledge that I had inflicted such terrible pain on you was a burden on my heart and so could not bear. Your letter of forgiveness released me of that pain, knowing you were able to deal with Catherine's death and find a source of love and wisdom, give me exquisite pleasure and release my soul's agony. I will gladly give my life this instant if I would in any way change that terrible night. I realize that the night Catherine lost her life, Douglas also lost his future. Abigail did visit, so postscript now. Abigail did visit San Quentin prison, her first time inside a jail or prison. She was surprised to discover that the men awaiting execution were ordinary looking men, not monsters. <laughs> Douglas, uh, uh, ordinary looking men, not monsters. Douglas greeted her, the spirit of Christ in me, most gratefully accept and return blessings of divine wisdom, love, and charity to the spirit of Christ in you. After many visits, Abba Grail began a mini-praising ministry, visiting with Douglas and other men and women sentenced to die for their crime. She became a political social advocate for these prisoners. Douglas has been counseling other prisoners on forgiveness. Reporters asked her if any of the people on death row have committed such awful crimes that she cannot treat them with compassion. She says, I don't deal with their crime. I deal with the God spirit within them. That's the truth of their being. It is the truth for every one of us. I believe deeply that love and forgiveness is the only way, is the way to make our world a keener, safer place. You can contact Habakkuk at uh, Catherine, blah, blah, blah. Her contact is everything. And the question I was asking is, why did Habakkuk not cry or ask others for help when Catherine uh, uh, was killed? Why did she go on for so long? Did Abigail have to know the person who killed her daughter before she forgave him? What happened after Abigail and Douglas got to know one another? Does forgiveness help the forgiver or the forgiving more? When exactly did complete forgiveness happen, Abigail and Douglas, what was going on, on, on then? Tell about this time when you were able to forgive someone who did something to you. How did you feel? What made it possible for you to forgive? Tell about a time when someone forgave you. How did you feel? Would you be able to forgive as Abigail did? The first meeting with Abigail and Douglas grew into an ongoing friendship. How do you feel about this? How did Abigail's forgiveness change Douglas' life? What did he do to help other prisoners? So I'm going to sh share the link with you. So I did, uh, I can't remember if I did uh, an audio or something, but it's something that uh, if you go to, if you follow the links there, you might find it. I'll just check when I send it. Um, it's blessing. Okay. Then, uh, yes, seven outstanding lessons from the story of Jesus' birth to life. That's the title. And then um, let me. Okay. Um, I also send something. 
There's another story about a, a situation in a family where the girl got pregnant, and um, they were able to resolve it after several. Um, but it's also boiled down to the issue of love between parents and and children. And uh, she couldn't get the love she needed at home, and she wanted to. She got some friends outside, messed up. But at the end of the day, it was resolved. It took years to resolve those. That's another story. So I'm sending that to your listing as well so if you repeat the question again and then you try to answer from the stories that I just shared if you think it has addressed it or if not then we can uh, discuss further your, your, your story again your quiz question again Okay, so from this story now, can love bring healing? Yes. Okay. Because the woman in question was pained for the death of her baby. Yes. And that led to so many, I know definitely it led to, to so many things before finally she found herself in church. Okay. She was have gone through so many trauma, the thinking, the pain, the agony of the girl just leaving her at the middle of nowhere. And I know that short I I think with that she must have made so many decisions within that period of time before she got to church. And which she was truly seriously working hard towards achieving the plans and the things she must have set on motion that she wants to do mm-hmm. and on the other hand for the prisoner i know he must have had so many regrets on why he had done that so with that pain and everything so if you look at the story at what point finally release took place what step what step brought about the healing, the healing yes Actually, when she found Christ. Okay. When she found Christ, she said the issue was between between him and God and not the person. A stick point is still, was still irritated with the person. So why do you think that was the case? Because there was unforgiveness. There was still unforgiveness. You see, that's what I was trying to explain. That we can say we love God, but God is watching to see how we are dealing with others. So he knows that we're hypocrites when we are so we won't get a release until we make a reconciliatory step towards the person that we're bitter against or that have offended us or anything. That's why yesterday I was saying that when you finish on your bath from brain, say, ah, I sorted it out, I sorted between us, he's married and gone. But that is an, an event and it's, it's stamped in there in your heart that an event took place. She also had that event. She might not even, the way you have taken it, she might not even take it away. You understand? But you were hurt by it. So it's important you now where her healing took place was when she wrote that letter. And then she wrote the letter. At the point she wrote the letter, she has still not forgiven completely. When she dropped it, that's when the release came. The reality done on her that oh, then now she she took the first step, now she could take the next step. What was the next step to go and see the person? And it became a ministry. And I told her that the pain that we go to now, she became a ministry, began a ministry of love because of the pain she has suffered. 
So the things we go through in life, God uses it to set up a ministry. We develop an oil in that area that we can now use to bless other people. So we started from the guy who killed somebody. Now there are other people that are now getting blessed. That's the intent of love. That's the purpose of love. Okay. So that's why I said crisis. Despite the fact Catherine died, it has now become an asset rather than a liability. Yes. It may become a positive thing rather than a negative thing when you look at the whole scheme of God's plan and everything. This scenario is for someone that was offended yeah. and need to forgive yeah. and to show love to the person. Yes. And then in the person now responds yes. with love. In a situation whereby it's not someone, it's you, let's, let's say for instance you're approaching someone that maybe you were led to speak to the person about love yeah. or maybe you've seen things about some things that made you go to that person. And while talking to the person, the person was narrating some things about the issues of their life and why they found themselves in the predicament. Maybe the person is sick. And now you want to talk to the person on how to get healed by speaking love to the person. So how would you go about it? Okay. So essentially, let me recraft what you just said. You met some, you are now doing your work. And somebody comes to your office, bursary in the school, <laughs> and starts telling you, narrating how unhappy she is and how this is, and what's going on at home. And yeah, um, in short, the person is physically sick. In short, those bitterness brought sickness. Correct. So, and now, as a messenger of love, you now have to begin a process of getting out to get an understanding of why she needs to release that person before she can get it. Is, what if it's the person, as in the person said, the person did something that she, she can't imagine or imagine him forgiving himself or letting go, talk more of the healing coming in. Okay. As in the person loving him or herself okay, now. The, okay, the person, okay, it could be like um, an adultery kind of situation, right? But it, does the man know that it's an adultery situation? Because I'm trying to create a context now. Because, you know, while I was studying, that was what came to me. What if you encounter people like that? Yeah. What would you tell them? Okay, first and foremost, there is illness, and the person knows that it's because of what has taken place. It's unforgiving. You know, bitterness brings sickness. Correct, yes. Pain, yes. hatred, unforgiveness. Yes, yes. So physically, the person's system will just shut down. Correct, yes. And so many things will start happening. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So the first thing first is to confront the situation. Tell the person to confront. If he doesn't confront, the illness will not go. So there's motivation to confront because you can tell the person that people have ended up in the wrong side because of bitterness and hatred. So you tell them to confront. And secondly, the reason why they should confront you now, tell them this issue of making the other person an idol means easing God out and disobeying the commandment that God gave, the first commandment that God gave. So the person might get up, so how do I initiate the process? So the first thing first is, it's no longer like trying to, you are the faulty person, I'm the faulty person. You go to the person and tell them, I don't care who was afraid, but I've forgiven you. And if I've offended, sorry, I ask for your forgiveness if I've offended you. But if there's no, you have offended me, and I still go ahead to forgive. If assuming the person you are talking to is the person that has been offended, you offended me. 
I'm releasing it for the sake of Christ. Do you understand something? So that process brings healing. Then the other person will now, if there's an offense, he will now acknowledge and begin that process. But with what you will do is not just talk. You are going to go on your knees and take them, their name, everything into prayer. And ask that the Holy Spirit will convict them that what is what's going on is wrong. And grant the person you are talking to grace to be able to initiate the process. So you don't sit back and say, okay, uh, go and do it, and then you are waiting for them to get back. Meanwhile, prayer is what does. Okay. You know, in, in, the, in church and the Christian, just as we talked before, pretense. Yeah, in short, the pretense is the order of the day. In short, there is serious pretense. Especially when we get to the presence of God, when we get to the presence of the church, so called uh, authorities, and whatever, they tend to be pretense. Mm. The people tend not to show their real person, they tend to hide behind. Mm. behind uh, they tend to hide. So many things, pretending until that they, they are okay, until they leave pretending, the church premises. pretending that they are okay, pretending that they are righteous. Okay, and most of them are in pain due to their past lives, due to the things they have done in the past before they came to the knowledge of God, which they've not forgiven themselves, and they are passing through. In short, the pain is weighing them down, but they tend to pretend outwardly that we are together, we are Christians, but in their secret place, they are passing through pain. So those, those kind of people, how will you bring them the message of love okay. and how to help enable them break out of Because to me now, it's a bondage. They had, it's a cage, they've already caged themselves because they have, let me say for example, maybe they're finding it difficult to forgive themselves of what they did in the past, the kind of life they lived, or maybe they're finding it difficult to move ahead because looking at the back, looking behind, is ah, what have I done? Okay. How would, okay, let's say for instance, it's a life that people have, some people knew them about, maybe some of them tend to change environment. Mm-hmm. Okay, now moving forward, okay, what if I make the move? I now encounter the people that knew my past, what will become? So, because of that fear, they tend to cage themselves in a place. So, how do you preach this okay. love? You don't, you don't want to, until they come up and tell you they need help, you don't go and confront them. Yeah, I understand. Okay. You know, some of so them are the process of maybe is something one uh, one would get to another. They get talking, and some people when they break down, that's when God is, takes charge. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe it's already a pain that has been bottled, and now another when you get talking and you the Holy Spirit direct you get you touch a part of the you see the person break down in pain in tears. Try narrating what. What have happened, the pain and everything. How do you come in with the message of love to make the one to, to now? Okay. Yes. So you remember when I was going, I mentioned something that God's love is not conditioned on who we are and what we do. It's our acceptance of what He has done. So sometimes people come and they receive Christ, but they can't forgive themselves. So they have to work with them to the point where they forgive themselves. Relieve the event and forgive themselves and say, you are now, it says, he who is in Christ Jesus, the whole things are passed away. You have to reaffirm this. Those are theory, but you have to walk them through the process of them going back to the event and telling themselves that I've been forgiven. It's no more there. 
not that they just cover it up and then yeah so if you if you look at uh, places where they do uh, they talk to people back counseling usually they want you like people are grieving who were not available when the person died and then came back and found out they get them and then they just move on too many activities then later sorrows start coming so what they do is they get them back to that event in fact they wouldn't take them to the burying ground where the person will bury or show them video that this person is gone so they can now sit down and really cry out and then walk from there forward but when they don't deal with the grief you are bottling it up some people even go to the place where the burial is going on and there's no they've not dealt with it there's no healing you also need to walk through with them let them like what he told this guy that look the Catherine is with God already it's no longer here like in the death in the sorrowful situation means they don't have enough wisdom and always God's what is wisdom that addresses this particular issue that we just talked about mm. but the key point is confrontation you have to confront the issue the ones that you know are going through things and you have stories and they have something and they are not talking and pretending as you said you are begin to pray in your closet for the Holy Spirit to convict them to be able to come out that's an area that Holy Spirit, he said, Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin. They will begin to see, even in church, they will just begin to see that somebody is watching them. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And then you come and confess, this will happen. Then they can get help. Does it make sense? Mm. Um, again, actually, that comes to the next question. But there's even the parts of this have answered the next question because mm -hmm. it's still can love bring deliverance mm -hmm. to someone. Mm -hmm. So based on the the, the it some part of it, mm -hmm. love can also bring deliverance yes. because when you start talking to the individual and start speaking the word of God to the person, mm -hmm. making the person to understand that if you are in Christ, mm -hmm. all things are possible. Or if the person have not known Christ, mm -hmm. the first step to do is to lead the person to Christ. Yes. And now start talking to the telling the person about the love of Christ mm. and what Christ have, what Christ came to do yes. to humanity. Yes. Uh, because that, those were the two questions okay. I had in mind. Can love bring healing to people yes. and can it also bring deliverance? Yes, unconditional love brings healing. Conditional love doesn't bring healing. There's a lot going on in the world called love. It's, it's conditional. Yes. But unconditional love is the one that brings healing. That God accepts you as long as you repent and forsake and admit that this is a wrong thing and you're no longer going into that and you release that at that instant you are forgiven and God accepts you as if you've not done anything before so as I said it's a wisdom issue not really a problem per se because some people are walking in the dark and in prison it says he came to set the captive free there are people in church who are still in captive and our responsibility in the uh, Isaiah 61 or Luke chapter 4, where Jesus talk about his mission statement, is also our mission statement. Do we read that Luke chapter 4? Mm -hmm. huh? Let's look at Luke chapter 4, from verse 18. Are you? 
The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Okay. Wait, can you take one step for that? It starts from 17 or 16. Okay. 16. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as, he, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for, the, for to read. And there was, deliver, there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach the gospel okay. to the poor. So that's the first one. So who are poor? The humble. People who want to accept. So that's why it's supposed to be not necessarily poor like there's no money. No. Who are poor are people who are humble. Blessed are the pure poor in spirit, you know, and all of that. So who are poor? Are people who realize that the state they are in, they need God. You understand? And so we are to preach to them. So that's our first assignment. Okay? Jesus' assignment is also our assignment. Okay? Number two. He had sent he has sent me to heal the broken hearted. So like what you just said now, you've seen this lady, the story you just is a broken hearted person. And that person got healed and it became a ministry. Okay? to preach deliverance to the captives. Okay, now the ones you just talked about now, they are in church, but they are in captivity. To preach, did you say preach deliverance, right? Preach deliverance uh-huh. to the captives. So anytime I'm, talk, like I'm talking to you and I'm already talking, I'm already preaching. Okay? This is teaching going on, but when I'm talking to somebody who is in a crisis situation, I'm proclaiming something. Go ahead. And recovering of sight to the blind. Okay, now... That also there's physical blindness, there's spiritual blindness. Huh? Like they said, there's this, the unbelievers, there's a skill, invisible skill that the devil has used to cover them. So when you go to preach, you bind and remove that skill or veil. When you go on evangelism, before you go, you pray that and ask the Holy Spirit to send the people who need to receive it. So by the time they come, they are ready. You understand? Yes. Uh-huh. So that is the blind, yes. Right. To set the to set a liberty then that are bruised. Okay. So wounded people who are wounded. Because it's also an imprisonment. When people are wounded, they hold on to whatever set a liberty means freedom, give freedom to those who are bruised or being hurt by offense or some other thing. Yeah. And then Okay, yeah. So freedom as a story because Jesus came to to take us all back to him. That is the day of acceptable year of the Lord where is grace freely abound means where he says i've forgiven you god has forgiven you so acceptable the day of liberty to announce you are free liberty freedom okay so let's look at some isaiah 61 if you read isaiah 61 uh, that is where jesus read from so we just want to read from where it came from okay isaiah 61 okay one verse one yes The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he had anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. Okay. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Okay, so you can see, unto the meek, that's somebody who is humble. Some of them say poor, where Jesus repeated that, okay? To proclaim liberty to the captives, mm-hmm. and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Okay. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And okay. the day of vengeance of our God. The day of vengeance of our God is when Jesus comes back now. Yeah? Uh-huh. The day of vengeance is going to happen to the devil. And then right now, it's, we are binding and losing and all of that. Okay. 
to comfort or to comfort all that mourn. Okay. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes. Okay, so mourning, mourning is when something has gone wrong. So we are supposed to talk to those people as well. That's one of our signs. Yeah, the oil of uh, oil of joy for mourning. So mm-hmm. when you are done like this woman now, you can see that from mourning she has gone into joy, mm-hmm. and now she now has the strength to go and do ministry. Okay, go ahead. Okay, the, the garment of praise for the spirits of pavement. Yeah, so you see a lot of people in joy, they are singing praise, but it's not leaving their mouth. It's not even getting into their heart, because there's a lot of heaviness they are carrying. I'm not even thinking, talking about people outside. I was telling somebody that the church, there's a lot of missionary work that needs to be done in the church. We are only outside. <laughs> there's a lot of work done. Some people are in church because their parents were Christian. And by force, by fire, they are there. And it has become a habit. But there's no relationship. So there's ministry work inside church as I'm speaking right now. Okay? That's the end. The planting of the Lord. Okay. That he might be glorified. Okay. So go ahead. That's four. That's four. And they shall build the old ways. Yes. They shall raise up the former desolations. Yes. And they shall repair the waste cities. Okay. And the solutions of many generations. So see, one person you see is a generation. Because if that person gives birth, other children are on, 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 on. You don't know how, how long until Jesus comes. You can imagine how many generations have gone through since Paul or Peter and the others. So you are delivering one person. You are setting a whole generation free without realizing it. Most of the time we think we are dealing with one person, but inside that person is a nation. Just like a woman has a, a womb, she has a nation. Mm-hmm. And just like we had uh, uh, the children of Israel now gave back to 12 prince and what have you. Now those 12 prince now, now in nation, how many years passed on? Mm-hmm. Okay, so our job is, we don't go to a place and we are there, everywhere is in chaos. God expects that when there is chaos in Nigeria, the church should fix it. That's why the punishment of Nigeria is on the church right now. The Northern Army that were released. Because those doesn't believe that Abuja has a solution. It's a church that has a solution. So one of our assignments is we ruin places. We go there and fix it. Repair the ruined cities. The solution of many generations. Strangers, okay? And stuff like that. Alright? So and they call us priests of the Lord. Verse 6. And men call us servants of God. Do you get the point? Yeah. So that's that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Buddy? Okay. So let me just save this now and transfer it back to you. Okay. Thirty-nine minutes. <laughs>